Hey, sad people, welcome to the show. I am so excited for you guys to hear today's episode because I have special guest Mike Carano back. He's always a favorite. This is his third time on the show, but it feels more like his 10th time because the amount that we can talk. So this is another incredibly long episode. And I was very inspired when we taped. We taped on Tuesday and I had been having a really, really, really bad weekend to week. And I I mean, I had a fun weekend, but I got very drunk and then very hungover. And so from the hangover until we taped, I was feeling so deeply, deeply depressed and awful. And taping with him woke my brain up uh, because I got a lot out. And so it is semi-therapy session-ish for me, but also for him as well. And then hopefully for you guys. But we talk about social media and just the swirling chaos that it puts my brain into. And we also talk about Mike losing his job. And uh, it's a job he was in for 30 years, so it's a pretty big change for him. And we, I mean, we just talk about a lot. It's really ridiculous. Quick shout out to Carlos. Thanks, Carlos, for donating to Patreon. And May 9th, this coming Wednesday, I'm going to be doing my second live stream on Patreon. I didn't talk about it on another episode to give you guys a heads up that I had already done one because I didn't schedule until totally last minute. So if you want to join me for a live stream and chit chat with me and other people on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash mentally chill. And again, that's going to be May 9th at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. So clear your schedule, get out of bed. And I know that's the only thing on your schedule because it's the only thing on mine. And come hang out with me on Patreon. So hopefully I'll see you guys there. And lastly, I just want to say I had sent out a bunch of signed uh, pictures of Stevie and I. And so far I've received uh, messages from two people saying they haven't gotten theirs. So if you haven't gotten yours and you're waiting on one, email me and let me know so that I can confirm in my brain that they're definitely not coming and I can just send out a new batch. So send me a message at contact at mentallychillpodcast.com and give me a heads up. But until then, enjoy the episode. Okay. (laughs) That was a great story. It was a really good story and I had to hit record right now because I wrote a blog a long time ago. I, I wrote this on the Patreon page that I used to have a blog called Sweat the Small Stuff, which mm-hmm. is just basically minutia and talking about like social etiquette, stuff like that. And one of the social etiquette things I did relates to the story you were just telling, which is not recorded, but it was about you were just saying, because we're both very caring people. I think we're selfish. We're, or we're, concern, or we're concerned selfish. about other people's feelings to the point where we want to be liked. Exactly. So I don't know what our motive is. Is it to make them like us or is it to make them comfortable because we're being altruistic and actually good people? But this blog post, so you were just saying when there's a guest on a podcast and they're not really included, you want to include them. And I said, I do the same thing with my other show, Ask Women, where there's someone there and they're not being involved the way that they should be for taking time out of their schedule to come do the show. And so then I try to include them the way that you would do. And so then that brought you to say, it's like when there's two girls out and one's less good looking, you'll pay more attention to the less good looking to make them comfortable. Yeah. So, but it comes back to haunt you. Because that exact story I told you, which the good looking girl goes, so it seems like you kind of like so-and-so. And And I was like, 
Well, I kind of like you, or, or but it can I'm make you more paying more attention to, to your less. The best way to make a guy attractive to women is for one of their friends to like him. Definitely, and that's what I'm saying. If if you make yourself look good, that other friend might like you. The the less attractive one you're not attracted to, or whatever it is. Yeah, it sounds like too much manipulation. I know it's that's, that's way too but hard. The whole point is, I was going to say the blog post that I wrote. Excuse me, uh, was because it was all about social etiquette kind of stuff. The post I'm referring to is uh, was all about how to treat twins when one's better looking than the other. I don't run into that very often. Oh my God. I went to high school and there was a pair of twins. They were a year older and one was clearly the better looking twin. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really friends with them, but if I was the etiquette, I would have. That is so much worse than just having a better looking sibling. Oh my God. Can you imagine? You guys are twins? No way. I know. No way. And getting that all the time. And the one was better at sports than the other and more attractive. So my theory was like. Good singer. From the get go, you have to give them even names. Like one can't, you can't name one like Summer or something cool. And Mm -hmm. then the other one like Sarah. Yeah. Yeah, And then she turns out to be the less good looking. So then she's got the worst name. Yeah. The worst. The doctor never sits you down in the hospital and goes, listen, listen. But they should. (laughs) They look the same now, but trust me, one's going to be ugly and one might be really hyper attractive. Yeah. Well, you run that risk. Mm -hmm. So you have to prepare early. And I can't remember what the other rules were. It's just another lesson that life is horrible, (laughs) horrible, just horrible. And with that, welcome to the show. All about depression. Today, it's perfect that I was doing the show with you because today was a really bad day for me. I don't know if you saw. I have like very miniature meltdowns on social media. Okay, what happened? Today was one of them. Nothing really happened. I just, uh, this is what the topic of the show is going to partly be. I want to talk about you and your job situation Mm -hmm. because uh listener monique suggested people you know with depression and not working and if it worsens all that kind of stuff but then i also want to talk about social media because that was what was plaguing me today absolutely and nothing happened except it all just happens constantly this constant carousel of the worst of everyone just mean to everyone all the time and everyone's angry and i today i just couldn't face it anymore or stand it anymore and not that i got to the point where i deleted it but it made me start to cry mm-hmm. because it was like i kept you know i'm I'm alone all day i'm isolated it's not like i'm having i'm at a day job where my mind's taken off stuff i can go check my phone whenever i want to people state the case all the time about uh, back in the day they're like oh depression of course it existed lincoln had it but they talk about how you didn't have time to be depressed when you were a farmer because you were working your ass off. And then when you were done, when the sun went down, you were so tired, you had to go to sleep. And I absolutely understand that because even if you were depressed or sad, it was like you had no choice. You get up when the sun comes up, you work all day and then you have to sleep. You don't have time to ponder. And we have a lot of time to sit around and think about it. And overthinking is one of our greatest faults or deficits or it really is. Oh, it really it's, is. It is the worst thing you can we've well, even often, right now as we're talking i am completely overthinking don't, this stop. conversation relax i'm like oh is this I'm the right thing to be talking about too. right now are people going to complain who's going to like it no one's going to like it i should have talked about something different who cares about social media move on Chris. you know that's a long time ago um my girlfriend broke up with me like in the 80s and i went to a concert and it was a band well, <laughs> a it, was a, time it was a band that i liked and i was i was in hell i was sad times 100 and i i was spinning out of control and I tried to 
consoling one of the guys in the band and he goes was this when you were being broken up with you were yeah okay and, and he's like what i don't really do is i just go out and dig in the yard and stuff and keep my mind busy and it didn't come it didn't occur to me like oh that is a, a, a method of starting to do something it can be anything but if you're so busy you don't have time to think about it it's why i'm terrified of relationships because of the breakup we, yeah, it's a terrible. My part last of, relationship it's ended, ended insanely amicably. It could not have been more. Yeah, like right. Because you're still watching your cat. Right? Yeah. yeah, but that's amicable. But I'm right still there. angry, and I'm still hurt. And apparently, it's just because I suck as a human being. If, if you look at it from afar, because the truth of the matter is, I want everyone to love me forever, even though I've moved on. Mm-hmm. I want her to look out the window and see me someday and go, I missed my upper, that was mm-hmm. my soulmate and I fucked up, even though she didn't fuck up at all. Mm-hmm. It was a, I said things seem different and I felt different and I felt like we should move on. And she went, do you think it's time we broke up? And I went, I think so. And we did. And then two weeks later, I was an asshole to her. She goes, why are you being so mean? And I go, I'm kind of angry about the breakup. She goes, you, you started it and we both agreed and we talked about this four years ago. And yeah. You shot yourself in the foot with that one because you wanted her to say, no, everything's fine and great. It's my own. It's my own. No, because I was like, we should probably. Yeah. But didn't you want her to object a little bit, even though you're feeling it? Because you want to feel loved and you want the, her to hang we had on. We a very, very, very honest relationship. And I know, it crazy. was the truth. And it wasn't. It's sometimes I can't face the truth, even though it's right there. Even I'm like, I need to do other stuff and I need to this and that. And, and then all of a sudden when I was alone, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize how much this is going to suck. Right. Is it a grass is greener situation? No. It, the, because the relationship ran thinking, its course. I'm sorry to cut you off, but today I was thinking about the breakup kind of situation. I was in mm-hmm. a relationship for eight years and uh, it always bothered me that the fridge would be... Th- have stuff in it that I didn't know when this was bought, how long it's been there. Mm-hmm. Um, should I buy more of this or does he, you know, like I would always get frustrated, frustrated with the uh, fridge situation. But now that I'm single Just or not, single, but I'm in a relationship again, but we don't live together yet. Yeah, no, now I know everything in the fridge and I, excuse me, I know exactly when I bought this, when I bought that, I know I wrap that up right. And you know, all of that, but I'm still dissatisfied. I still hate my fridge. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like one of those things where it's like, for me, the grass is greener, you know, because I was thinking, oh, when I'm single, I'll just know my fridge and I'll love my fridge. Yeah. Yeah. Being and now, single like, for a long this time fridge. is is dangerous because I don't think I could live with anybody at this point. Yeah. You hit that point where it's like you become but like we the didn't, old dog that doesn't really uh, want to learn new tricks. Yeah. Her and I didn't live together and we have the per- we had the perfect arrangement, which is she lives six blocks from me. Not close enough just to walk over any time, but not far enough to, can you come over and do this? Or... See, that's how big I want my house when I'm married, Yeah, that we can have six blocks you and it's still our house. Two guest houses. Yes. But I want that distance. It'd yes. be perfect. I totally agree. Okay. But uh, to get back onto the social media stuff, because mm-hmm. it's kind of what I want to focus on and then go into the job. Uh, I don't know how people do it day in and day out. And like you said, keeping busy is one thing but these people who are constantly tweeting and constantly posting and constantly having opinions they must not be keeping busy because they have all this time to be tweeting so how are they managing their mental state when they're just inundated constantly with others opinions and judgment and everyone's just condemning everyone in the shame shame circle is insane it's out of control i I firmly believe that overall it's 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 pretty much all bad. 
being on social media. But is anyone on there actually? No. Okay. No. 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 But they do it. But it's like, are the is it their version of cutting? Because they go on every day, and I'll see the same list of of be. the usual suspects, and they're you know, and some of them, most of them are comedians. I'm referring mm-hmm. to, and they're generally tweeting something pretty funny, but it's always on something topical. So it's just they're never checking out of this news cycle and news cycle yeah. that we have, which is the most depressing news cycle it's in year in, in decades. Yeah. It also it could be part of that, uh, if you want something done, give it to a busy person thing, because if people are always busy, mm-hmm. because when I was in a good mental place, it was so easy just to throw stuff up on Facebook, and it was fun, and it, was, right. it, it wasn't work, and it was totally fine. And then when I got sad and, and miserable, it was a job, and it was daunting, and yeah. I didn't like it. But I, I really think, somebody said something to me recently that summed it up, and I hate quotes, and I hate going, and it's, but they said, like, you're your inside is looking at other people's outside on Facebook or on, on anything. And it's true because the outside's fake and it's totally fake. I hear that clicking now too. You hear it too? I wonder what it is. It's not being, it's gotta be this thing. Yeah. I hope so. But no, you know, everyone wants, everyone wants attention. Everyone, Everyone. everyone wants to be loved. Everyone. Yeah. Can't there be a few people who just want to be like, thrown away yeah, they're not on <laughs> like, social they media not? they're not on social I'm so media. jealous of them so am i because they have self-confidence and they understand what's important in life yeah. and i'm learning it now I, i'm learning that social engagement is much more important than posting stuff on facebook or reading people's stuff on facebook and frankly i don't want to read anyone's uh the first time i noticed it was one of the girls at the irvine improv would post I'm so blessed i love my life you Ugh. know she, it was there were these super flowery things and then an hour later Flat tire at work. Fuck my life. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, what happened to the you're the most blessed person in the world? Now fuck your life because you got a flat tire. Right. That's pretty common. People get that. Some of it is so comical. That is yeah. so comical. And, and you can I can see that for what it is. But now because there is so much of it uh-huh. constantly, I lose now. I, instead of going, oh, that's funny about that girl, like the irony. And, you know, yeah. she's clearly like a s- satire of herself, like. But she doesn't see that. That's funny. But now it's just because I am drowning in it. It's like I can't breathe. I'm inhaling like jelly. Like it doesn't go through my nostrils. It gets stuck. I don't know the answer to this, but I do know when I don't look at social media. And lately I've been really not. I've been barely looking at it. I'm much better off because I can wake up in the morning in an okay. Okay. That's wrong. That's not. That's a lie. <laughs> You'll never wake that's up in lie. an okay. No, state. I have a. I got to tell you, though, I have a pattern now that I got out of a couple of books that I'm actually putting into effect and I get up every morning. Isn't that weird to actually put things half. into practice? Yeah. But it's 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 almost miraculous. Like I get up in the morning and I just write three pages of gibberish. I write what's bugging me no matter how mature, no matter how embarrassing it would be. I just write. I'm upset because this person didn't call me back. So it makes me feel blah, 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 blah. And then it's lifted off of me. By so the time I get to it make you the... feel like you're ruminating on it? No. Are it you lets sure? it go. It, I'm, t- I prom- I've been doing it for close to two weeks now. I promise you. It's unbelievable. The first page is difficult. Second page is difficult. Third page is easy. And when I'm done, I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm much more grounded. But I, How big are the pages we're talking? Like Regular they, pages. Like yeah. medium notebook or like an actual college I do it on the iPad, world? but it's, a, it's an actual page. Oh, okay. And then I delete everything afterwards. That's but good. it's really clearing my head. It's meditation, so, sort of, because I can't just write and not think. I have to think about what I'm writing, and so it, it's just like breathing and meditation. But 
point is, I forgot what the point is. It's tied into something we said before. Oh, I wake up in the morning anxiety ridden and, and pissed off sometimes. And sometimes I, a couple of days I blew off the writing and I blew off trying to meditate. And I'm just, I wake up wound up for the day, mm. scared, like, just like, God damn it, I have all this stuff to do. I hope I don't, and, and you know, and every night when I go to bed, if I didn't get a lot done that day, it's miserable. I'm like, I just wasted a day of my life, especially when I have a project due. I'm freaked out yeah. that I wasted someone's time and someone's money and I accomplished nothing and didn't even try sometimes. But uh, if I get up and I go Twitter, I do it in this order, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, because mm-hmm. Twitter, I think is a sewer. Facebook is just a lie. Mm-hmm. And Instagram, at least, is kind of light. A, oh, for me, it's a toilet. Oh, but to me, it's just like, well, maybe you're following people that are posting political stuff or something. Cause I'm no, like, it's more I'm following too many people who are Instagram. Not I don't follow Instagram models, but like too much of that comes into the feed yeah. of like, I'll, I follow this page that I think I've talked about called Celeb Face, which I am obsessed with, but I need to unfollow <laughs> because what it does is it, over, it overanalyzes the postings of famous beautiful people Mm -hmm. and you'll see the edits that they make so the woman who or the guy or whoever's running this page they're anonymous they overlay the original image to the image the celebrity posts how do they get the original image usually it's like so say for example they'll an easy go-to is like a kardashian one so it'll be posted say uh like a It'll be posted in like People Magazine and then Kim will take it and then edit it and put it on her Instagram. Okay. So it's photographs that they're not, you know, getting from a photographer directly. I thought you meant there was a way to go into like the uh, the, the metadata and pull the original image because that would be fantastic. That would be amazing. That's an app idea waiting to happen. Oh my God. That would be so You want to see what this picture looked like before? Yeah. Like, wow. But that's how I start my day, which is. Yeah. Not good. Um, yeah, and okay. so I need to change whatever I'm doing because... If you want me just to call you in the morning and tell you what people are doing that's more fun than you're doing, I'll do that. <laughs> well, that's what it is, but it's also... Kristen, you're pretty, but you should see this girl on Instagram. Holy that's shit. That's what I wake up to yeah, every that's, day. that's horrible. But that's my own choice. You know, it's, it's like horrible. my own choice, but it's such a habit, habit that I cannot seem to break. But I also haven't tried as hard. Like, I'll try. I'll say, okay, like at night, I've been trying to read before I'm going to bed before instead mm-hmm. of looking at social media and what will happen is i'll read for like two nights in a row and then the third night i'm like fuck this it's yeah. boring you, you know what you know what this is reminding me of a lesson that i'm trying to teach myself right now and it's very 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 difficult and i just talked to a life coach today for an hour and a half about it it's discipline because i know what i need to do it i i know it i know i need to exercise i know i need to meditate i know i know i need to do a ton of stuff and i just don't do it Tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. I'll start next week. I'll start on Monday. How about that? It's the beginning of the week. I'll start doing this over Monday. And it's ridiculous because I, how many times have we both heard uh, hundreds for me from sleep people? Do not look at screens before you go to bed. I've heard it, it keeps a you awake. Times, yeah. And I still go to bed with the iPad. Blow, and, just blare, just blowing out those pupils. Yeah. And I also notice if I watch a movie, it's fine. But I start watching a movie and I'm like, I don't have an hour and a half right now. And I just go to YouTube. Me too. And, I, and not only that, I'm not searching for specifics. I'm letting them suggest bullshit to exactly. me. And I watch it. And I'm like, why am I this such is, a gullible fucking sheep robot idiot? This is the problem. Yeah. This is I, the problem. I genuinely in my heart, and I don't want to sound like old man Carano here, uh, but I, I swear to God. Social media is going to come back to haunt us. Because oh, my God. Th- we're adults. There are kids that are on it eight or ten hours a day, like literally on it 45 minutes of every hour. I can't imagine how much worse it would be growing up with social media because I'm like we're bad off as we are and we grew yeah. up without it. 
I can't imagine being a kid and it's like, I'm a 35 year old woman and I'm going, Oh my God, this other 35 year old woman has nice jeans on and a nice thigh gap. I can't imagine being a 14 year old, <laughs> which by the way, if you stand with your legs far enough apart, you'll definitely yeah, have, a, have a thigh, thigh gap, gap at some point. So I just stand my spread eagle, but I, okay. But the 14 year old the, or an eight year old is, is the thigh gap representative that you're in shape or is it just, it's in, it's not necessarily in shape. Cause sometimes when you get muscular, you lose a thigh gap because mm-hmm. you're building your muscle. I think it's more, but isn't just, that a recent, isn't that a recent admirable quality that people just came up with like, like five, five years, years ago? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cause I never heard of that in my life oh. until recently. And it's a thing. And I, I jokingly said like, Imagine having a great thigh gap, but living when only women could wear dresses. So no one would ever get to see yes, your great thigh exactly. gap. But I, I don't get what the, I don't get what the appeal of it is. The appeal is, I don't know. It's a woman. It's women on women's My vagina standards. is well ventilated. <laughs> Yours is smothering. <laughs> I mean, what is it? Well, it must smell better if it's well ventilated. You got that going for yeah. you. Um, it's a look. It looks like a model. It's like model-esque. It's a runway thing. Okay. And it's one okay. of those things women put on other women, whereas guys don't give a fuck about it. They mm. don't look twice at it. Nope. Just like jewelry. Exactly. But women, this is what we're, you know, obsessed with, with other women. But, you know, uh, it's it's a stupid thing. I want a thigh gap so badly. Okay. And I don't have one. And no matter how skinny I get, I would not have one. It's just not the shape of my legs. Anyway, that's called... Well, okay, <laughs> that's, we've established you're clearly... A monster. And I have a smelly vagina. <laughs> it's I not well ventilated. I don't think it would be more smelly. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I don't think... I've never really... Uh, okay, let's not talk about <laughs> Anyway. I've never experienced a smelly vagina. That's a good thing. I haven't either. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I don't... Anyway, back, back to social media. That This is the problem with social media. You go down these rabbit holes and then you end up in a thigh gap conversation. Can I also state for the record that I had a very in-depth... Uh, number of conversations with my ex-girlfriend about her concern about her vagina oh really and i kept going you need to really understand me and i'm not just like disregarding this conversation i'm not just blowing it off no one cares <laughs> no guy cares i know they're it, very excited as long as that there's it's a, a vagina right. it's not even it's not even that crude it's i'm Tr- in the i'm lucky to have access to your vagina you're i don't in the presence think of a vagina i'm not going oh man <laughs> <laughs> what is that hideous <laughs> vagina well also the thing is they're all pretty no matter even if you have the world's greatest vagina it's still a creepy vagina like all they're all weird looking no matter how good it is yes it, they're so weird appealing. looking just like penises, they're both they're both yeah. terrible, yeah. Yeah. unattractive things that for some reason we're so dr- drawn yeah. to. But it's crazy, right? It is. But it's I just crazy. Had, it is. I had sex with Emily. What about kissing? With the because worst. that sounds repulsive. It's repulsive. Yeah, yet it's so sensual and so nice. I know. It's just the grossest. It's like I'm going to put my finger in your mouth and move it around. You'd be like, <laughs> "Fuck you." <laughs> Oh, but let's make out. All right. I know. You mean the hole you breathe out of and then you put food in and, <laughs> and other you stuff throw up out of? Yes. yes. Oh, and yes. you say those shitty words out of? Yeah. Ugh, it's We're disgusting. We're yeah, so we gross. We are disgusting. And Everything is disgusting when you think about it because I'm not a vegetarian, but I became a vegetarian for a few weeks, a, a few times in my life. I did it for like four months recently, but I, I was sitting at home and this is a, 25 years ago and I had a steak that I ordered. And I was looking at it, and I just started oh, thinking, don't that even, is uh, flesh. I know. I don't. Cow, I can't. I can't. And I couldn't eat it, and I had to throw it away. Yeah. And I was so bummed because even like 20 years ago, it was like 29 bucks, And I was like, 
I just threw that away because I couldn't eat it because I was knowing it was a pulsating living thing. So anything. It's horrifying. But that's a good example of overthinking. If you overthink anything, you're fucked. Yeah. That's why ignorance is bliss. Absolutely. We've had this discussion on the other podcast many times about how much happier you'd be if you were super dumb. Mm -hmm. Because that's, that would be happiness. Well, I've always said, my brother and I, I think we've, this is how I talked about it with, we would rather be incredibly mentally damaged in terms of like a mental retardation, whatever the politically correct term is. We'd rather be like if we'd, if you're a little dumb or like on the spectrum, you're a little dumb or you're fully mentally handicapped. We would rather go full blown. Absolutely. Mental handicap because you don't know. You're not aware. You don't know. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I would agree. love some of that lack of awareness. <laughs> I love that we'd rather go like it's an option. <laughs> All right, you guys, I'm making dear Instagram. Today's the day I go full blown end of the spectrum. Well, Probably won't just... be posting because I can't figure out how to do it. If you wanted to slam my head into this wall and get yeah, me you there think faster, that's work? I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> You're just going to be just as smart and angry. No, I just have a big bruise and then have a headache. I, I, I just can't even, I don't even want to think about what the repercussions are going to be for all these kids later on because there's, it's going to be nothing short of severe depression because once you're out in the real world, you realize everything doesn't get alike. And, right. and, and I'm an adult man. I'm an adult man. And I as, still, as you're saying this though, for people listening, I'm looking at you sitting in front of your wall of toys. That's right. That's and right. I have a picture. I snuck one when you went to the bathroom. So he's an adult man. In front of a wall of toys, and it's the best. Yeah, the uh, this is all to fill some some void in my in my soul. Yeah, I can see that. It's like it's like there's something really charming and lovely about this, but also sad. Yeah, of course. And and this isn't even this. Like this is the opening to some sort of movie with you as the Kristen. It is character. an opening to some sort of movie actually coming up. And oh yeah, you're so I need to talk to you about not posting that picture. Oh too. okay, well I promise. Okay, but uh. Well, this is a second project, actually. Oh, do you want? To, can you say what it is? Yeah, I'll tell you. Uh, do you want to hear the story? Like, real, I'll try. Real to make short, because because I, I want to make sure <laughs> that I make you feel like shit about whatever your story is. So, real short. Um, I'm just kidding. Yes, no. Tell the story, and then I want to talk about your job. This, this. Okay. Well, let's just talk about the job. Well, tell the story. Like, tell tell a partial story. Well, it leads into it. I okay. I worked at the improv for thirty years. I was miserable. Yeah. And an opportunity came up for me to make a film. And I pitched it, and I got the money to make it. That's amazing. But the guy is holding me accountable. Ugh. So now, <laughs> today is day, uh, well, it's the second month, and I've done very little. Mm-hmm. And I started spiraling out of control. And he flew out here to watch the footage I did a couple weeks ago. And oh. he is a very smart business person. He's got a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And he went, you're spinning out of control, and I can hear it in your voice, and I can see it in your face. And he goes, you got to fucking get your act together because you're not going to be able to make this movie unless you like really focus and stuff. And he goes, what's on your mind? I go, I'm just sad all the time and I'm just freaking out. And and, and frankly, the honest to God truth is I have some serious self-esteem problems and, and I'm, I'm dealing with all this shit at once. And it's enlightening and it's kind of wonderful, but it's daunting as fuck. Yeah. So I'm making this movie about death. I did four interviews. They went mediocre and I didn't really try and I overbought stuff. I just confused, you know, I just cluttered my life up more than this shit. Yeah. So Paul, the guy who's paying for the movie goes, what I want you to do is. I'm sorry. You can just say you were being, you're being literal with your interviews. Like it's about death. So I'm just 
like letting these interviews die. Yeah, too bad that's probably not going to sell. <laughs> but so here, here's part of my mental problem, and I suspect you would do this as well. No offense. I agree. Whatever it is, I know because we're very similar. I was miserable in my old job. Miserable because I didn't like the uh, the upper management. Like just miserable. Who likes any upper management? I know. And but I literally took fuck the man. Yeah. Like seriously. I like it wasn't it. like in my head. It was like I would say fuck you to people. And I don't know how I ever kept that job, but I kept it for thirty years. And then when I left, I didn't expect severe, severe depression to set in because I realized that was my entire identity. Right. That was my total social life. And right. now I'm just a single guy living in the valley. And that's the that's how I would look at things because I think it's weird. I see the world not as black and white, but when it comes to my reality, it's very black and white. Either I am a loser yeah. or I'm not. But it's not. Right, the exactly. The matter is it's not. And our perception is not the truth for, for sure. Back to the long story. I'm trying to trying to get to the point as quickly as possible. I was struggling. You with, can drag it out. I was okay. struggling with this movie and I should have had a lot of stuff done because I have every single day free to work on it and i just spin out of control so the first two people i talked to were bobcat goldthwaite and judd apatow and they're both good friends of mine they also happen to be successful directors and they were so positive and so gung-ho with whatever whatever help you need i'll do this blah 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 blah, blah that that spun me out of control i'm like can't live up to that mm-hmm. and i can't get into the details of this but i called a uh, i called a very high up person at netflix to get some technical details on submissions and she heard the pitch and she goes, why don't you come in tomorrow and I'll give you money. And that put me into bed for a week. Yeah. Could because, not get out of bed. Yeah. I'm like, there's no way in hell I can live up to that. And I realize other people who are struggling trying to make things and stuff realize I got handed a fucking a, a gift, a miracle. And I couldn't take it and I couldn't deal with it. Granted, I still have that, that door open. So I have a little sense of positivity, but it fucked my head up and then bobcat said it needs to look cinematic so i went out and spent six grand on cinema lenses that i don't know how to operate Mm. i got in way over my head with buying cameras and shit when i already had what i needed and i just bought so much shit and that fucked me up and i got depressed thinking about all that money and then paul came out here and he goes the beginning of your problem are your money issues and once you settle that you're going to have a sense of pride and you're going to have a weight lifted off your shoulders that's going to free you up and i really believe it and i've read two books so far that he made me read and I'm pretty sure he's thrilled with paying me to make a movie and I'm just reading <laughs> books. But it, it really is changing my mindset and it's changing a lot of stuff. And then he, I really thought he's going to stop giving me money because he realizes I'm not to be counted on. Like I could yeah. have a, a meltdown and produce nothing, yeah. even though I've done a couple of documentaries and a couple of other movies before. But uh, he gave me another gift, which was a very, very long email. And he goes, what I want you to do is sit down in front of the camera and go, I'm Mike Carano. I'm this old. I owe the IRS $23,000. I owe this. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't I don't maximize my income. I don't charge people for what I do, and I'm going to change that shit. And he goes, document all this stuff. Document you selling all this crap, getting all the clutter out of your life mentally and physically, and it's been great. And it's so much work that I can't – like just this shit was days and days of dumping boxes on the floor and piling it up and shooting an intro – and I finally did it. And once you once you start, you get rolling. But I'm in a spot right now where I'm heavy-duty self-help and not in a bullshit way because I'm going to make this change. And the catalyst for this whole thing, for the death movie and for this other project, which is another documentary that I'm doing in parallel, was my sister getting killed. I was like, that's it. I'm done. 
I'm not working for assholes. I'm going to, I'm going to live my life to its fullest. Granted, it took me two years to make a move, but that is the whole thing. I'm like, I am going to become the person I want to be. I want to be a comfortable person in my own skin, which I'm not at all. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be responsible. I'm not just going to willy nilly blow off the IRS like I do every single year. And then I get a huge bill. Like, first of all, last year was a miserable year for me. I didn't realize how much money I made. Like I made a lot of money. I spent every cent and it's, it's insane bullshit purchases. Like, uh, I knew for a fact I was going to quit my job in a week and I went, you know, what's a good idea. I remember this when you were $5,000 watch. Oh my God. And you're self-sabotaging. Absolutely. Look around. That bike was $2,000 right there. That's I when you were talking about never That's, ride I remember it. you were saying that. Never ride it. I have all this shit. Oh I have God. six camera bodies in that box over there that I've never used. I have two cameras right there. I have two cameras in that bag over there. I've got 16 lenses. They were all between a thousand and three thousand dollars and it's just that that's my second drone. What do I need a drone for? Oh my God. I don't know. I don't know. You know, and, and it's, but it's just trying to it's a phrase you should something. never say. That's my second drone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, exactly. No, it should not be in our sphere. <laughs> it's so actually my fourth drone now that I think about oh it. I crashed. I ruined the first three. Um, but the, that was the second good one. But it's just this, this cycle and I'm miserable and I'm depressed and I'm sad and, and I have no self-esteem and I am going to fucking change this even if I die doing it. I yeah. don't care. I have no choice now. I, I mean, I'm in, I'm out of there and I have a, a limited amount of money to live. I like to use you as a mirror for me because we are so similar. Yeah, in so you, many we ways. need to talk more than just on the podcast because I, some of this stuff is actually working. Granted, I have two or three days that are, that are, that suck. But you, do you feel like, so for me, I did the same thing. Uh, so this Saturday I did a little show at the improv, just storytelling. I did really, really well. I tried to make it. I couldn't. Oh, you did? I got back into town That's at seven okay. and I had to take a shower and I was like, hey, I'm not going to make it over there. Well, it's now. weird when people, you know, come anyway, but I did have some, some friends came, but I did really well. But then I had this crash because it was like, okay, I did really good doing that storytelling stuff. Now what? Yeah. Now what? Yeah. And so then I got really 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 drunk after the show because i was emotional because i didn't win um which is so stupid it doesn't matter but i felt like it was the second time i did the show second time i came in second place and it's like i, I saw just, you the first time yeah i just want someone to like recognize that like i did a decent job yeah. like i just want that for yeah. whatever reason i need it but it didn't happen there so was it, recognition and you got invited back definitely definitely but it's just like nothing really i'm never i actually did today i decided and if anyone steals this i'm coming for you but when i write a book the title is going to be called Winning is for Losers. <laughs> yes. Because I never win anything. It's kind of true. But I'm going to do so much better than everyone who won. Because I, I all those little motivate, like losing, you know, it pushes you to try harder. To Hopefully work it harder. does. Yeah. And it's not yeah. going to be a motivational Or book. you just run away. It, but that's what I tend to do. And so it would just be like a book of stories of me running away and failing and yeah. stuff. Well, that's, I'm documenting that right now. Well, yeah, and that's why we're. So I mean, I'm documenting. I'm I'm going through the whole thing. Like I'm 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 doing this liquidation of all this shit, and I'm trying to do it in a fun way. And I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot all that stuff. I'm gonna shoot putting on eBay. I'm gonna shoot giving it to podcast listeners. I'm gonna shoot selling it to people I know, and and hopefully I'll get something there. I'm gonna go to the cult, like the the cult we lived in when we were kids, and I'm gonna talk about that aspect of it which i'm sure had a huge impact on my life you know the, oh i thought you were saying you were going to sell this stuff to the cult no no my, when we were little kids my <laughs> mom really weird. my mom took her four little kids and just made us move into a cult I we know. lived in one room for two years and that's not even close to the worst thing she ever did what you guys can hear mike talk about on the two past episodes that you've been on i don't know the numbers but one was like 10 episodes ago so i think it was like 
episode 42 maybe you were on talking about it and then like episode 30 or something you were talking about it as well okay but the cult stuff just for people to reference this i I thought of you when i started this project actually i thought of a couple of people and you for sure i thought of you because i was like the stuff i'm trying to do i'm trying to do it with the utmost sincerity from the inside out instead of just going oh i'm thinking positive but i genuinely believe there's a mindset to people that accomplish things and that are content and it it's it's not our mindset and i was gonna say it's not what we are yeah we come by by nature and so it makes it so difficult for us because i think we have all the pieces yep and i totally agree it just doesn't it we can't seem to lift above whatever that is but it's also this it's like my accountant told me this when i was complaining to her about something while we were going over my taxes and i was so shaken up about the amount of money i owed that i couldn't even i I couldn't think of course and and she goes listen i'm going to cut you off right now she goes all of your sentences start with a i I'm working on this and it's pretty good and blah, blah, blah. But what if this happens? But what if this happens? And she's exactly right. I watch that pattern happen. Mm-hmm. I get an idea. I'm, I'm going to go shoot this thing in a cemetery. I got an idea and I go, but what if security stops me? But what if, what if there's clouds in the sky and I need a, a blue sky for this other scene? And, and I just, I, you talk, it's, you overthink it to the point where it paralyzes you. And that's me completely, every day of and my that's life. the word. It's paralyzed. Mm-hmm. It's totally frozen and then i just go you know what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna go to a movie and sit there and think about it me too and i and i completely check out and then it's five o'clock in the afternoon and it's like well it's too late to start now it's not too late that was me today even and because today i was having such a bad hard day and i let myself succumb to it and i was like well i'm not gonna try to climb out of it because i just have to do my podcast later anyway so tomorrow i'll try to yeah you know kick myself in the butt and and but it's like and it's not an excuse thing where it's like I'm being lazy. It feels like an actual real reason why yeah. I can't. Yeah, I, I I know. I sense it. And I bet you other people know it. Other people feel this too. Otherwise, people wouldn't stay in bed all day. Yeah, but I just get so overwhelmed. Like the thoughts of like um, today that I was having. And it's actually really funny that you live where you do because today one of the quadrillion thoughts that I had that was swirling in my brain, overwhelming me and making me feel even more depressed was I need to go back to therapy. But it's funny because where I was going to therapy for a year was right here on the corner where you live. Um, there's uh, a, there's a sliding scale. My place. therapist takes me almost two hours to get to. Yes, I know. And, and it's $200 an, an hour. Idiot. And every time I, at first I was really noticing, Oh wow. I'm, I'm understanding why I do, why I drive out to death Valley once a week and just stand out in the desert and accomplish nothing. And I, those trips became less fun because I thought, what am I doing? I have work to do and I right. have something to do back in LA and why am I wasting 110 bucks in gas and 15 hours in the car for no reason because I think I'm going to go out and record a podcast in Death Valley when realistically I'm forcing it when I'm out there right? because I'm out here for no fucking reason. Right. And it was You're my trying runaway. to justify your procrastination. Yeah. And I had all those places. You know, Disneyland. I've been to Disneyland upwards of 500 times. When I first met you, I thought you must have worked for disneyland or had been like a no, photographer or for disneyland i had no idea you it were a grown just, man just <laughs> going to disneyland was, um, i can't believe no one's ever looked at you for like murder like is there a suspect out there well there's this grown man who goes to disney three yeah. times a week yeah for no reason you know what's even worse about that go. is i would judge the other people that go all the time I'm like, <laughs> fucking losers <laughs> but but like yes like you're judging the women in the mickey mouse shirts 
Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. you're in the oh, there's fanny couples packs. that are there every older couples that are there every day. Really? Every day. Oh my god, talk about a cool movie! Like that's freaky. Yeah. That's like yeah. a dark, fucked up movie. I, I will say, in my defense, when I first started going, when I first got a season pass, which was 1991. Oh my god. And I I went. It's a long time ago. Every time I drove to L.A., I would use Disneyland as my men's room. I'd pull in the parking lot, I'd go inside, I'd pee, I'd get popcorn, I'd walk right back to my car. And then that night when I was driving back to San Diego, I would stop at Disneyland. I'd pee, get popcorn, and drive home. And that's all I did. <laughs> and people would I, – I would run into people I know there all the time. And they're like, do you go on rides or anything? I'm like, never. I go, I do two laps around <laughs> California Adventure, one lap around Disneyland. And then I go to the bar and have a margarita and I go home. I never go on rides. I don't look at anybody. I, I, I chalked it up as exercise. But it was like – you know, initially it was happy childhood memories and trying to escape from things. And then – when I moved on from Disneyland, it was the Madonna Inn. What's that? It's my favorite hotel in the world, and it's three and a half hours away in San Luis Obispo. Oh and I God. would just drive up there. I would get a piece of cake, and I'd get back in my car <laughs> and drive home 30, 30 times. I did it, I've did. i done it 30 times in the last four years. And That is so insane. Yeah. because. But I've been to Death Valley up, I think about these things, but times. you do them. Like, I think about that. Yeah. I would love to just get in the car and just drive, and, but I would never yeah. actually do it. Why not? Because it's like, oh, like, why am I doing this? I'll tell you why you do and it. And I also would get in my head, like, this is kind of weird. No, but, and this is going to make me feel sadder. No, I'll tell you what it does. is It wears out your brain and you get home and you can sleep. Yeah. Because I, cause or you I can pop know. A Xanax. But I know. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can't. You can. But uh, I, uh, oh, yeah. I, um, I know in, in my own head, and it, it gets a little harder the older you get, like, how long I can drive for before I'm going to fall asleep. And I timed it every single time. But just perfectly. So you'd walk yeah. in the door and then just It's 12 hours. Fall right asleep. Like I can go somewhere that's six hours away. I can spend an hour or two there and then I can drive six hours home that's, and uh, get home and just so funny. take a shower and go to bed and sleep because my brain is fucking fried. And I like that feeling. That was one thing that I did that was so therapeutic, actually, now that I look back on it. Before I moved to L.A., uh, where I grew up is about four hours from New York City, three and a half, four hours. And... I was living in Chicago. I had moved back home to save up money to come to LA. And I was, I got in an argument with my mom because she didn't want me to move to LA. And I got in the car and I was just angry. Was it just, she didn't want you away? I think she just, yeah, I think it was part, partly that, but another part of like, what are you doing? Like, what are you even going to do there? Don't go so far from the family. If you don't even really know like what you're doing exactly. Um, Cause I could just, I wanted to do stand up, but I could do that in New York. You know, she wanted me to go to New York. Mm -hmm. It was closer. So anyway, we were arguing and I remember it's still, it's still far enough where you're not going to be home visiting every weekend. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's like the same thing. You know, it is far, but at the same time, like I'm the type, I am like you, I do like to get in the car and just drive. Mm -hmm. So if I lived in New York, I would find somewhere to keep my car and then just hop in the car and drive home if I wanted to. Like I, I could see myself doing that a lot. I can't just hop in an airplane. You know, I have to have money yeah. and whatever. Yeah. So. Anyway, we got in this fight and I remember jumping in the car and I just needed to drive mm -hmm. and I ended up in Manhattan four hours later. And that to me was the weirdest thing because where I grew up, it's like we're in the country We're you know, we're so not New York City. And all of a sudden it was this weird thing that I was like, whoa, I can just drive to New York City. Yeah. But those four hours were, well, it was actually eight hours because I drove to Manhattan and then turned right around and just drove home and went home yeah. and, you know, either went ignored my mom or apologized or whatever it was we did but that was so therapeutic yeah and i've thought back on that how much i want to do that but i think because i live out here now and this isn't home there's something that keeps me like i'm not from california so i almost feel like i don't 
feels comfortable popping in the car and just driving somewhere. You know, it doesn't that's feel as accessible. That's interesting because it's so much easier out here because there's so many places to go. It, I think that's also the other thing. It's overwhelming. I mean, there's like the mountains only to. an hour and a half away, two hours away. There's San Diego, two hours away. There's San Luis Obispo, which is beautiful, yeah. like three, four hours away. Well, San Diego, occasionally I'll have, I, when I was doing more stand-up, I would go down and do whatever, a couple clubs down there and would drive down and uh, drive back in the night. And mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. That was always therapeutic because yeah. then I could go over my jokes in the car on the way down and then... Just that's amazing to, to me that you actually accomplished something because I can't normally, but I'd have to force myself. Yeah. I, well, I had the conversation with Dana Gould and I was like, he goes, I know you drive like crazy. And of course I do. Like, look at how many, my cars are 2015. It's got 169,000 miles that's on it. That's crazy. But my other car had 330,000 miles. The car before it had 250 and I sell them before major things are going to go wrong, but they're new. They but start with zero. Think, th- what do you think you could have accomplished in all this time you've spent just driving to drive? What about the days I just wasted doing nothing because I was freaking out? Thousands of them. Right. But what what do you think? But just say you just took the days driving and you applied it to either like the self-help stuff or whatever Kristen, stuff. Do you put, think you oh, would have actually, freak me out. I know. I'm sorry. I don't want to. I, uh, okay. I was talking to Paul, the guy financing the movie, about how I'm going to sell this stuff. And he is trying to set... You know, I, I don't charge people for most work. Not all. Yeah. Like, it's a wonder I even made a living all this time because I'm too gutless to come up with an I'm amount. I'm the same way. I have no self-worth. I yeah. almost want to say, I'll I know you, you it's okay. I know you do. I, I know you and I are so similar. Mm-hmm. Um, But but he is like, we're, this is ending now. He goes, you're going to start making what you're worth and you're going to start charging people and you're going to maximize your income and it's going to bring you a sense of pride and all this stuff. And he goes, tell me how you're going to sell this stuff. And I go, well, I'm giving this stuff away. He goes, no. Yeah. No. Not and I go, but I don't want to bother boxing it up. And he's like, you know, ask your podcast listeners. They love this stuff. The, the, you know, yeah. have people pick it up. But you're getting money for it. And one of the things I I offered... And I'm, I'm sticking to this one. I already made the video. I'm putting it up tonight. But I'm selling those Simpsons bowling balls over there for not a lot of money. <laughs> and I offer, I said, Just I will hand term. deliver them to you for $50. And Paul goes, absolutely, you're not hand delivering things for $50. Right. And he goes, for 150 maybe. But what the, he goes, what are you talking about? He goes, what if you have to drive four hours? That's eight hours in the car. This is how much you're making, $5 an hour or whatever to deliver something and gas. And he goes, that is stupid thinking. And he goes, that is not a person that's responsible and is financially, you know. Well, I. But I, the point is, yeah, I'm I was like, same. I've done that a million. What were we talking about? There was a total tie into this. I got distracted. Uh, the, I said, what would you do with the time if you. Oh, yeah. He goes, you can take that four hours and work on the movie. And then I immediately went, oh, fuck. Does he think I'm working on it all the time? I know. Does he not but that's know how normal that people would do it, though, not us. three hours in the us. morning that I'm freaking out, and then I schedule something, and then I work on it, and after that, I have to take a nap because I'm so tired? You have no <laughs> idea. Okay. So, I, I'm the same way. I'll, I over, if I have something, I stress out so hard about it that I will nap. So, today, mm-hmm. I had this thing. So, for people listening, they may know I do this or may not. So, with my other podcast, it's a dating podcast. So, now I'm giving dating advice and people are paying me to give this dating advice. Okay. And good, I feel like good. so fucked up about it because I'm like you. I want to go like, you know, I want to say like, no, 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 you don't. I'm just telling you, this is this is common sense. Why yeah. you don't have to pay me for this? But Marnie, my co-host, she's like, no, you have become like a pro in this. You've spent four or five years learning and talking about it. And it's okay if people want to pay you for this advice. I want to try it, but I'm so scared. You'd be bad. No, I don't want you to do it because I want you to stay no, pure. No, I'm too, I'm too scared. Yeah, you're like pure. But I, I want to try it because just, just for fun. 
and out of just sheer loneliness to see if it, I could have some human contact. Yeah. But the but the uh, but that, that sounded so sad, and I meant that to I, sort I of sound funny, and Bumble, it sure didn't. But I used to do Bumble out of loneliness. If I was feeling yeah. really down and low, I would just start swiping, and then it became a really negative experience because it was like I was just looking for someone to fulfill this side of me for. 20 minutes until I could feel good about myself again. Fulfill, you mean just verbally on the yeah, site? Like, or did you meet these people in person? I would go on dates, yeah. Okay. Um, were there good ones? There were there were good ones. There were yeah. terrible ones. Like terrible in what way? Um, like the person's personality? I was terrible. Was they terrible. were terrible. Okay. Like both ways. Like actually on, at the improv, one of the stories that I told, um, which you can hear on Story Worthy, the podcast, but uh, one of the stories was about how I went on a date but I was so convinced in my mind because I was just so lonely and so sad. And like this guy seemed kind of like a good match. And I was so nervous. And so I drank in the car in the Uber on the way there. And my like I put alcohol in a water bottle and mm-hmm. just chugged it. So by the time I got to the bar where I was meeting him, I was wasted. Like I could barely stand up when I first got there. It was about 40, we made it 45 minutes maybe until like he was essentially, I think saying, okay, this girl's like, I've got to get her home or get her out of here. I threw up on myself in the Uber and then I couldn't get any further and threw up all over. I mean, I threw up on myself in the Uber, then threw up on myself outside of the Uber and I was just covered in vomit. And so he wasn't trying to hit on me, but I went in, in his, um, and I told the story on this podcast actually, actually. With Stevie, um, but I ended up in a shower, like drunk and showering off vomit in some guy's shower. We didn't hook up or anything. It wasn't like that. I just had to get, I was a mess and he didn't know what to do with me. So there were b- bad moments on my end and then on the dude's end as well. But it was such a low point for me, like that date and that moment. I had to really do like self-reflection and step away and stop because I was going on a lot of dates and it was a way to just kind of cure this loneliness, but it, yeah. it wasn't cure. It was to subdue it for a couple hours you know but it seems like it, it may have done that um it, it was a good time no well because anyway what, what, I'm, what i'm saying is like the, this is like it, a rabbit hole i did not mean to go down because i want to talk more about your job but anytime i get invited to a party or breakfast or coffee i dread it and the minute i get there i'm so glad i went and then when Same. i leave i'm like that was time well spent no matter what yes but these those are with people maybe that you know or yeah, like of course. these are strangers yeah. from the internet so, but sometimes I have a nice conversation with a stranger. Yeah, no, there like, definitely. Oh, that was cool. That was that was that was nice. Yeah, but then you're not you're not thinking about the element of of uh, rejection because you. Oh, may... I think about that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I know you do, but in this sense, you're not. So, like, you I, may this have... came up many times in the last week, and it, it was an issue with not just the last girlfriend, but the girlfriend before her. And and I was talking about it with my therapist. It came up. She asked me about this. And then it came up today with about the life rejection? coach I was interviewing. No, about sex. She goes, do you ever initiate sex? I went, never. I go, never. Yeah, you're not the kind of guy. You, but my ex-girlfriend was like, how can you never, how can you you never sex. initiate sex? And I go, because I'm ready for sex anytime. And I go, it's up to you. And she goes, yeah, but it would be nice if you just tried to initiate. And I go, then what? Then. Yeah, but you're you're way too neurotic of a person. It, yeah. it almost would be weird. I don't want to put it more in your head, but it would be weird if you initiated sex because that's not your personality. But it would be good if you did because I think you have to do more empowering things for yourself. And and I said a while ago uh, when we were taping just now, but like earlier, you're a mirror. I like I like to use you as a mirror for myself because we're so similar. And I can see, though, maybe why people will get frustrated with me when I'm either too self-deprecating or yeah. too depressed because yeah. I look at you 
and you are super funny. You're super talented. You're very creative. You've got everything that you, you've now you've now you've got this guy giving you have two people giving you lots of money to make movies. And so if in your if I was in your brain, I'd be thinking the exact same way. But because I'm outside of your brain, I can see it from a different perspective. Yeah. And it makes me want to go slap, slap, slap yeah, to your I face. Know. I know. Let's, let's go back to the negative thing, though, because this. I have talked to people and it's not you. But I've talked to people that have the same attitude I have that I didn't know very well. And I was like, that is really unattractive. <laughs> I know. Like, I got to knock this shit off. Mm-hmm. It's much easier when someone goes, how you doing? Good. How are you doing? I know. There's something very attractive and appealing in, about it. And you want to be near that. And cause if, but at the same time, I do find, you know, you're like that kind of. Sarcasm and pessimism is kind of funny sometimes, but if it, it, like if, if I meet somebody, and this is normally like an AA thing where I meet somebody, how you doing? Oh, I don't know my job. And I'm like, "Uh, I Um, gotta go buy running shoes and run away as fast as possible. I don't even like to run. I'm running away from you. Bye. See you later. Don't need this. Yeah. But it's, it's a, it's bizarre, man. Well, I think it also depends on the delivery because you have a funny delivery of your neuroses and your depression. And so the first time I met you, It was like not, you were definitely a downer the first time I met you, but it was not in the same sense that you just met that other guy going, you know, it was a funny, I don't want to be a downer anymore. Right. I don't want to be Mr. Cheery, but I don't want to be a downer because you know what? Frankly, I have enjoyed times in my life a lot and I get a lot more done when I'm in a good mindset. And I think you as well. Same. Like people will say what the, actually when I left therapy from here a while ago now, I went to the Starbucks on Ventura near Ralph's and uh and uh what's his name was there um oh god uh is that a celebrity yeah comic i he's i have his picture on my is it david no the smoking and the old school and smoking oh my god um Oh, dice. Yes, thank yes, you. Oh my God. Yes. Oh, my yeah. brain. <laughs> I'm like, I was going way back smoking. I'm like, you mean a guy sitting on and with Carson with a cigarette in yeah, his yeah, hand? Yeah, yeah, No, no, no. I'm sorry. To me, that's old. He's old. Can I to say me. how weird it is when I watch old videos of people smoking on TV? Cause I was watching Waylon Jennings on David Letterman in, in the eighties, probably. I don't know who that is. He's a legendary country singer. Okay. Legendary guy. And he, it's just smoking a cigarette while he's talking and I you're know, like, isn't that what, crazy? Are, what are you doing? You couldn't wait like five minutes. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, now I saw something that like on the street in New York, smoking and walking might be illegal now, which is crazy. But anyway, Andrew Dice Clay was there and, uh, this is when I was leaving therapy and he was like, I, I got out of the car. I was feeling really bad. I had a really bad day at therapy and, um, was crying and I, all of a sudden I was like, Oh, there's Andrew Dice Clay. And not that it snapped me out of it a little bit, but I was like, I was like, I don't know. I'll say not hi. Something you hear all often. Yeah. There's Andrew Dice Clay. Oh my God. Just... Charles Fleischer. I feel much better. <laughs> right. Oh man. Right. But, and I didn't want to be an annoying fan being like, hi, yeah. you know, and I, yeah. it's not like I'm a huge fa- fan of his. I just was like, oh, it's Andrew Dice Clay. And so I just walked by and I was like, hey, Dice or something like that. And he was super rude and awful to me. And I had already been having a bad day and I understand why he is. It's annoying. You're a celebrity. You get... And so. I went into the Starbucks and I started crying. I was standing there in line just crying. Um, and then when I came out, I was like, there was no way I'm passing back by him because he was sitting at a yeah. table outside. I was like, that was too humiliating. I can't walk back by. But my car was parked essentially right in front of his table. 
So I had to still kind of be in front of him anyway. I hate this, I hate this feeling in my stomach. Oh, and I, so I was, I was just like, this is fucking humiliating. And I just, so I kind of put my tail between my legs and I just got in my car. And uh, all of a sudden I heard a knock, knock, knock at the window. And I looked over and he had knocked on my window. And I, and he didn't know when he knocked on my window now. And I was wearing a hat. So I always wear a hat when I go to therapy because it's like I'm depressed and, you know, just mm-hmm. You don't want the negative feelings escaping through the top of your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to save these for therapy. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Lock them in. So, uh, yeah, he, I look over at him. I've got just tears just streaming down my face. And he went like, holy shit. And he's like, I'm sorry about, you know, oh my God, I'm sorry. What did I do? He's like, I'm so sorry. And I, I, he said, I'm sorry. I was so rude. And I was like, it's okay. I just had a really bad day. And, um, he was like, Oh, honey, come on, come on, let's talk about it. Come out of the car. And so he was so nice. So I went and sat with him and he was, and so I told him I do stand, you know, I do stand up comedy. I'm struggling and I don't really. And so he was like, honey, you got to use your depression on stage and use that, you know, to empower you. But to go back to what you were saying, when I feel depressed, I don't feel creative. Yeah, I don't of, feel of course, funny. Of course. I feel like my brain is actually turned yeah. off. And so some people will say, like he was saying, and other people will say, I'm, I'm, you know, I use the depression for the creativity, but I can't. I only am creative when I'm happy. And so it's so far and few between that I'm happy that these creative spurts take me so long to get into because I have to build up this happiness. I can't do it when I'm depressed, even though that might be what fuels me in the long run. I totally relate to that. However, I think there's a flip side to it. And I really, really think you need to try to combat the depression with with writing and stuff and and then something will come out of it and part of it is also being more personal in your comedy i know i've had this discussion with many comics and i i had it with a good friend of mine within the last year and he's like what do you think i need to do and i go you need to stop writing jokes and tell stories you need to talk about that's funny you'd say that no but it's true no but i was just thinking that because when i was in high school I didn't have friends. I was not part of a circle. I had like one, one close friend and then everyone else just kind of like either was mean to be mean to me or fine to me. And I would kind of flow in and out of these groups. Mm -hmm. And like in a good way, um, I would go at lunchtime and tell stories to this one group of girls. It was like story time with Kristen and I'd go over and I'd tell them stories and make them laugh. And so they always were excited for me to come over. They weren't my good girlfriends, but they were, you know, they were a clique and I kind of would show up and tell them stories and then disappear, which is the way I prefer it. I don't like being clown woman. Come over here. Entertain us. us. And I'd do it for a bag of ranch Doritos. (laughs) That was my day. (laughs) I know. That is not too shabby. (laughs) I know. So, um, that's what I was good at. And then when I started doing stand up, I didn't tell any stories because I didn't feel like I, they were interesting enough for the audience. Also, and your recently, influences are like Seinfeld and stuff. And he's yeah. like a joke crafter. But I think yeah. nowadays, I think people have, granted, we just talked about the internet and how it's fucking us up with this bullshit. But I think it's also cleared out a lot of bullshit where people want the truth and they want stories. And I think people want you to get up there and be personal. Right. And they want to relate. And because all of the comics I like watching, granted, my favorite comics when I were younger weren't necessarily like this, but they were still more personal. And the people I like watching now, the people that I find riveting, like Bill Burr and those guys, those are stories. They're jokes and stories and yeah. they're funny stories, but they're not just like one-liners and stuff. I think that's done. Yeah. And so I was just thinking that recently because I did I do well on these storytelling shows and I'm like, I should probably get back to more storytelling because that's what I started out doing in high school and that's what made people want to listen you could to truly me. make that andrew dice clay story hilarious right like for the stage right 
Right. I don't know. How, I'm like, yeah. I no, don't know but how. I mean, talk but, about of all the people that made me feel better. Right. You know, little <laughs> like, Miss Muffet sat on a Muffet. Go fuck yourself, bitch. Right. You know, I mean. Right. You know, I mean, there's there's so much to that. Mm-hmm. There's just so much to. I mean, and people relate to us stuff, and they. It's just like the podcasts and stuff. Like people, like I, like I'm, I'm struggling with being of service because I want to. I, I kind of understand that for me to be content in life, I need to be doing something for somebody else. And I think that's one of the biggest things, period. And and we had this discussion in depth at the improv recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. And Drew and I and oh. Paul, the person financing the film, we did a show. Okay. And, and I picked the topic and I booked it and it was about money and I don't care about money and I don't want to talk about money, but I know nothing about money and I'm very irresponsible when it comes to money and clearly stupid when it mm-hmm. comes to money. I'm looking and, at it. But we talked about in detail like what how it doesn't bring you happiness how it just brings more clutter because i asked him point blank trying to be funny i go why how do you drive around and not just go i could buy that i could buy that and he goes no but he goes it's all noise he goes it's all noise it's all just stuff and he 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 came in here and he went every single thing in here is going in a landfill and i was like not this watch but how do guys that are rich, this is a question I have for rich people, which I don't understand, and I'm not trying to judge anyone who doesn't do this if they're rich, but if I was rich, I would be the nicest fucking, I would just throw money at people. I no, would, you guys hanging out at home, no, but not people I know. Just if yeah. a guy was a nice stranger on the street yeah. and just had a nice twinkle in his eye, I'd be like, here's well, 10 grand. I'll tell you this. Here's uh, 50 grand. I give money to homeless people. All, I did. I gave money to almost every But I'm not even saying people. homeless. I'm just saying nice middle class people that can't cut, catch a break. I'll tell you why. I would give away so much money. To, I, I don't know this to 100%. This isn't the perfect example. But what came from that show we did and the three and a half hour conversation I have with Paul, which was very unsettling, was it does nothing. It does no good for people when you when they get, get stuff for nothing. I know. It does it, no good. I know it doesn't. Just like the lottery winners. I know it doesn't, but it might be the break that they need to lift them out of some sort of hole or something. I'm not, you know, it's like, I know you need to lead the person to the water and your whatever. Leap, your leap, uh, you know how people say, again, here comes a fucking quote, but it's not the uh, destination, it's the journey. It really is. And, I hate you for saying that. But how you learn, <laughs> but how you learn a lesson, the benefits of that are so much greater than somebody just jumping you to the end. I know, but I just picture some dude who just got here from Mexico who can't feed his family, yeah. who's hanging out at the Home Depot no, parking you're lot. Right. He that could would be use fun. the 50 grand. No, and that would like, be fun. 50 grand? I, I 500 know. you can give him. <laughs> 50, Jesus Christ. No, I'm talking really rich. this guy. <laughs> I'm yeah. really rich. Really, yeah. really rich. I told you I was going to have a house six blocks long. Yes. I yes. have an extra 50 yes. grand. Yeah. But I just, you know, I, I'm not trying to say I'm the best person in the world, so I'm not. But if I had a lot of money, I do see myself because... Now that I'm not like doing Uber and I'm not struggling as much financially anymore. I mean, I'm not rich by any means. I'm just being able to pay my rent and a pair of sneakers, you know, yeah. like every now and then or something. But I'm now the way I have been tipping. Was, was I said a, to throw that, that in was there. Such and I a bought a bullshit bar. self. No, it was. I, uh, I can pay my rent and a pair of sneakers. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, because I, I can finally <laughs> afford a toothbrush and a comb. Hey. I don't use one thing for both. Okay. No, I will say this. I've had black chucks. For probably 10 years living in LA, this is all I've worn for sneakers, okay. except the ones yeah. I have for the gym, which okay. are just like whatever shit sneakers I have for the gym. But I have wanted another color of Chucks mm-hmm. so badly. And when I met Stevie and we were starting to do the, or when Stevie and I were talk, talking about doing the podcast, she had white Chucks. And I told her, I was like, oh, I want white Chucks so badly. And she's like, oh, just get some. And I didn't say this to her, 
but I couldn't. Yeah. I was like, but I can't afford white chucks. I have to have only one pair of chucks. Yeah. So the reason I just said sneakers every now and then is because finally. God, a whole new world is going to open up to you when you actually try on comfortable shoes. <laughs> I know. These are the worst. <laughs> but yesterday, it was a momentous occasion for me because I bought red chucks online and they're being shipped to me and it was a big moment because it's been 10 years nice that's good that i haven't been able to get a second color of chucks okay and yesterday i splurged and i spent the 55 bucks and i got myself that's great another pair of chucks congratulations thank you so anyway that's what i'm saying is now but now that i'm in that position where i could get a second color (laughs) i've been tipping (laughs) my tipping goes out of control like i yeah. I don't have the money to just throw tips, but now because I feel this guilt of like, well, I don't, I, I'm not starving. I can buy myself groceries. How dare I not tip 40% or 50%? I know. I know. How, who, who the fuck am I to not I over do that? T- I over tip so much based on poor timing. Like what do you at mean? Starbucks, if they don't oh. see me put money in, I put another dollar in when they turn around. I'm like, I motherfucker. I know. I do that. The person turned their back intentionally. Mm-hmm. They knew I was going to yeah, do it. Yeah, because they know they're going to yeah. bring in the more tips. Well, that's a Seinfeld episode with George when he goes to the pizza place and he tries to tip. He's getting Kramer's, he's getting Calzone's for work and he goes to tip. Then the guy doesn't see him, so he reaches back in the jar to retip it, but he looks like and he's he stealing. <laughs> and then he's not allowed back at the pizzeria <laughs> for the Calzone's. Anyway. Yeah, it's um, but but he, the, this is sort of sort of in line with what you were saying about the money issue. Is I I would give homeless people money all the time because I'd look at them and go, this person cannot af- cannot get a job. Like right. there's no one's going to hire this crazy person. Of course I'll give them five bucks. And I did it all the time. Yeah. And then I noticed in the t- all, the times I'm out with Doctor Drew, and people will approach us. Doctor Drew will go, "What do you want? I just want to tell you that I'll let, no. What do you want?" Wow, I just really? want, I, and he's like, tell me what you want. We've got to go. $5. I'm not going to give you $5. Oh and he goes, what do you need? And the guy's like, I need some food. And Dr. Drew goes, I'll find a place that'll give you food. No, I just want $5. Nope. And he pulls out his phone. He goes, I will find a place within walking distance that will give you food. Oh my food. God. Wow. He's a hard ass. But he knows where they can get help for everything. And people have argued with me about this. There's not a place everywhere. And Dr. Drew's like, there is a place that, that people can go if they're starving. They can't, they have nowhere to sleep. There is a place. And he goes, just so he's like, not one for handouts. But just like when people, he said it doesn't help him. And Paul told me the same thing. He goes, you're not helping. Well, to be honest with you, I really don't give too much to the homeless. I'll give every now and then, but my tolerance isn't as high as it is for a guy who's like, oh, I'll buy, I give him five bucks if they let me punch him. <laughs> Listen, I've got a lot if of aggression me, and I don't want people that are going to fight back. I'll t- I, you know what? If I woke up every morning and walked to wherever there was some homeless and paid them to punch me in the face every morning, I'm telling you I would be so much better off because I would wake up. It would just wake me up in like this weird, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I was hoping you were just like, talking about okay, what is, But no, someone to just slap me out of my- I know like, what you feel like. If someone would just slap me out of my morning rut that I get into every day that lasts for like six or seven hours and ruins my day. You know what the worst- the worst, the worst uh, thing to about this depression the, to face is whenever there's like a a national tragedy or something, mm. you're like, oh, yikes! No, but it takes you out of your depression. I know. Yeah, it's like oh shit. Yeah. Uh, oh, let me hear more about the shooting and and but we like, just go right back to what we course. know. It's like our homeostasis. Like yeah. two days later or yeah. like forty five. Yeah, I don't even later. know what that word means. I'm not like agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't know if I used it right, but like at the natural point that we would stay at. You it's know, a, like it's a lot of work 
and we are apprehensive to do the work because we don't believe it for one and because I, I don't we're it, also yeah. afraid what if we're happy someday i know well i was what saying that on a recent episode then? what do i do if i let down all of the stuff then then yeah. who am i it's like you were yeah. saying with lose with not working at the improv and you had to shed that skin yeah of the 30 year identity yeah i was talking about that how if i let go of the self-deprecating nothing works out for person mm-hmm. image then who am I? I don't have anything after that. That's what I yeah. based my entire life on. Yes. We, what what do I do? I'm poor, empty poor after that. To base our lives. <laughs> well, I, I've genuinely... I, There's I have, cancer research, saving yeah. the world, but no, I'm going to base it on being I have really, really um, thought about the times I fucked things up by sabotaging them. And there were big deals. And like as far as career goes, and I just walked away from things or said no to things or I'm not really interested. No, thanks. And it's it's ridiculous, but deep down inside, there is a fear that I'm going to be successful and then be found out to be a total fraud. Yeah, but and the thing is, I want you to know out. you're never going to be found out as a fraud because you are legit. So when the night the night that I met you, and I think I've told you this story before, but it was at the yeah I have told you the story, but we didn't really meet me. But I did a spot at the Improv, and you were testing out your camera, and I was a test shot. But I saw you taking pictures of me and I was like, oh, sweet. And I'm so not the marketing myself type. I don't have yeah. pictures. But I saw, I was like, ah, oh, I would, I was like, I'll punch myself if I don't ask you for those, for a picture because I saw you taking them. So I was so intimidated because I thought you were this like cool, way too cool for school photographer that like all the comics know and you're like the dude and like the cool guy. And so I remember going like being like, hey, that's what, that's what my ex-girlfriend, she goes, I was so scared to talk to you because everyone seemed to like you. I, we met on a movie and she goes, everyone knew you and all the actors knew you and the director knew you and they yeah, were all excited that you were there and you were just talking you. to everybody. And she goes, you just went around and talked to every single person. And I go, I didn't know those people. I go, I just met them. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like from the outside. What a f- bullshit artist but I am. I know. You see that. But you're really not because you are the real deal. You are all of these things. Thank you. You just don't see yourself that way. I don't see myself that way. I see myself as a very honest person, but not honest enough because what I'm doing with this new project. Honest with the wrong things. No, I'm honest about like I will discuss like jealousy openly like if i feel like my feelings are like on my podcast i will just go and i'm f- angry about this and i'm and I'm jealous about that and and but i don't say it like that and I, I talk about a situation and and it comes out that i'm truly just insecure or something but like the stuff i'm dealing with now which is actually going i'm this old and i'm this much in debt to the irs and i don't know how i'm going to pay it that scares the shit out of me yeah. like admitting well you know what I don't even know if this ties in, but it sort of does. I, I, had, I had to do a Skype with Paul yesterday, a Skype interview with him to get to have him yell at me. But <laughs> no, I, he had, read. this is part of this other project where he's telling me, this is what I see wrong with you. And he goes, I noticed you put some pictures on the wall. And he goes, that's good because that's self-help. That's that's my therapist told me you need to not just live in a place with blank white walls. Yeah, and your I go, environment yep, says a lot about your state of But it's temporary. Mind. I go, this place is temporary. Everything is temporary. The house I owned in Orange County was completely empty for years. Nothing, nothing. And, you know, my friends and I would discuss what to do with the living room. I'm like, I'm never going in it. So why should I do something? And then we finally decided I'm going to bring a shitload of dirt in there and 
put like hundreds of pink flamingos in there oh my God. and just light it. And then my friend goes, why don't you build a fighting ring with a little, with benches around it and never acknowledge it if anyone comes over? And I started doing that. And then I ended up doing the Star Trek stuff. I don't and, know. You, you have Star Trek stuff in there? Uh-huh. I've never seen. Do you still, so you still own this house? No, oh, no, no. Okay. No. But, but it was, it was this, I don't feel like I deserve anything and it runs in the family because my dad has owned the same building for 40 years and it's just, it looks like he just moved in. It doesn't really look like he just moved in, but it's, it's not, it's not a place, it's warm and every time I go to my friend's houses that are super warm and inviting, I'm like, why can't I do this? It's because they believe that they deserve that space and that nicety for themselves and you need to Oh, yes. Okay. I've seen. Oh, my God. That's amazing. It's all here. There's the chair and there's the console over there and stuff, but uh, it's all just piled. Oh, it's so But that's good. what I ended up doing and, you know, making it the bridge of the Enterprise. And, oh, my God. That's so but, good. But it's it's this it's like like Paul was like, oh, I see you put some stuff up. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to like make it comfortable because I just wanted a box. Well, it will change your frame of mind. Like this weekend after I got really drunk and stupidly because it was like I was trying to numb myself out, I had clothes. And I don't live like this. I don't live cluttery. But when I get into a bad frame of mind, it starts. And I had clothes all over my room. And my room is so small to begin with that I just couldn't move in it. And so I've had a really hard... So today's Tuesday, but Sunday... Monday and all day today, I had left those clothes and mm-hmm. that reflected my state of mind. And then finally, before I was coming here, I was like, I need to, I need to fix this because I can't start tomorrow like Absolutely. this. It's, it's amazing. I swear it's to God, a big move it's, to- it's amazing. It's it, like, like I have friends, I have friends that are girls that are depressed. And every time I look at their car, I'm like, you know what would make you feel not depressed right now is if you got all that fucking garbage out of your mm-hmm. car. Now, granted, I'm not – look at where I live. Like, I mean, there's just Yeah, but this that, isn't like gar- – this is stuff, your work stuff, and you're like a mad scientist type. Well, right now also I'm dumping boxes out, so there's shit everywhere. But it's always just tons of stuff. But I dust it, and I'm always yeah, like, I don't want – you're clean. You can tell it's clean. But the uh, – but I – like my friends that are girls – and I can just tell how the, what their life is like because they just have like 20 McDonald's cups in their cars and all this stuff. And if you just went to the car wash and cleaned that shit out and vacuumed it, super simple. You immediately – how do you feel when you do laundry? I feel fucking like that was a good day. And all I did was laundry. I know. Well, that's why whenever you start your day, you have to make your bed. You have I hear to that all the bed. time and I still don't do it. I, I still I, don't do it. I can't function if I don't make my bed. And if I don't make I my bed. I need someone to explain that to me because I see those, I see those postings online from Navy SEALs says <laughs> I get up at 4.30 every day and make my bed. Yeah. If I don't make my bed, you know that means I'm going through a very bad depressive state. Yeah. And, and this is so if funny I that this change is coming up. That, yeah. But if I make my bed and I'm feeling depressed, but if I make my bed, of course it doesn't cure my depression, but I will feel like I'm in a slightly different state of mind. My this came up in therapy last Tuesday because I finally just got a little hostile with her. I go, I go. You need to tell me what to do right now to start taking steps to fix this low self worth thing. I go, you. I go. You need to tell me. It can't be like you're doing it by coming here. I go. I need you to tell me what to do. That's my beef with therapy. I want like them to give you steps. She goes. The first meeting, I told you what to do. She goes. The first meeting, I said, do something nice for yourself. Buy something nice. Clean your room. Clean this. She goes, go buy some shoes that you like that make you feel... Red chucks. Yeah. No, but I mean, <laughs> it, it's for me, it's not buying stuff anymore, but I mean, 
but I still, you know, I buy stuff, but I buy. But it sh- just hangs stuff on your wall. But I buy and- shitty T-shirts and yeah. shitty, you know, and I don't. And it, I, I do it with I. But it's those basic things that, like, we take for granted that people who are functioning and not struggling with depression. I mean, you can struggle with depression and have all, like, you know, your house all nice and everything to an yeah. extent. Yeah. But though, when you. I was talking more about self-esteem, like feeling like I'm worth something. Well, yeah, that yeah, that's true too. It's, and it's not bullshit like this watch, which makes me feel like a fraud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know? you shouldn't have that watch, no. not because you don't deserve it, but because it doesn't no, fit your personality. It, you're like the eighth person that's told me that. Really? Yeah. yeah I mean, like douchebags buy expensive watches. Yeah, you're not a douchebag. I know. I know. You know. But I mean, it's a very nice watch. You have it. You might as well wear it now. But don't do it again. I'm, I'm going to sell it. Are you going to sell it? Yeah. How much could you sell that for? Not much. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it. like three thousand bucks. But, oh, well, but, then sell it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm selling. I'm selling it. <laughs> okay, so before I'm selling everything, before we get into segment type of things, okay, I want to go back to what I originally and I know whenever I do a show with you, I know this is going to happen or I'm not going to get to where I want to go. Okay, but we'll get there eventually. It's just we take a lot of loop de loops to get there. Mm-hmm. I want to come back around to the job stuff. Yes, real quick before we get into segments. When I got here, you said you're going through this major life change because yes. of this. Momentous type of thing that happened, which is changing your life yeah. from 30 years of what you've known to something totally different. What have you been doing? Because you told me when I walked in that you've been doing all these things, but what have you been doing? Because I noticed your haircut. You mean personally? To, to like recover from this, you know, to go through this identity I, change. I, when, when I quit the improv, I had three days of just pure bliss and excitement, and it lasted. I would wake up excited. I'm like, I can't wow, wait to days? start this new job. I can't wait to start this movie. And then. All of a sudden, I just went, my brain is blank. Mm-hmm. And it's really difficult to be self-motivated. And it's really difficult to be inspired when you you don't have the confidence or you don't have a clear vision. And I did have a clear vision at first. And then when I reviewed it in my head, I just beat the shit out of that. Vi- I is just it went, because it became reality? I don't know. I tr- I truly had a clear vision of what I wanted. And then all of a sudden, it became... um unachievable and i don't think it's unachievable but i i do think well, it, it was it was what i said earlier i genuinely d- diminished m- my capabilities with buying shit that i didn't know how to use i got in over my head yeah but i, I mean i almost know. bought a twelve thousand dollar professional cinema camera but besides that which i wouldn't have been able to use at all no but besides that what did you do or what are you doing when i walked in the door you told me you're doing things to change yourself what are those are that's what i want to know what are Uh, those things i'm heavy on the therapy heavy on the trying to meditate every day i'm trying i'm setting schedules i'm setting deadlines for things i'm scheduling interviews and stuff and i'm seeing them through and it's always a good day when i get something knocked out even but then again of course as i'm driving home from someone's house i'm like oh now i have editing to do i hate this and it's 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 not the the right way to do it like at the improv i knew what my job was Granted, it was mundane. It was still kind of creative, but it was just the same boring shit day in, day out, year in, year out, three decades of that. But I knew what I needed to get done, and I didn't have to be accountable to any. I I was accountable, but it was just to a corporation. So there wasn't one person going, what would you get done? As long as I got it done, whether I did it at 1 in the morning, whether I did it at 7 in the morning, I got it done, and then then I could have the rest of the time to myself. And there's something liberating, exciting, yet horribly, horribly daunting about working for yourself mm-hmm. and having to get something done. Because if I don't have a deadline, I will not get things done. Same. Yeah. And it's... It, it's Do you set an alarm clock in the morning? Yes. 
And what yeah. time is the alarm clock for? Um, right now I'm at seven. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty early. Well, it's, it's almost impossible for me to get up, but what I've been doing and not every day, but I set it at seven, I get up, I write those three pages and then I go for a hike. And as much as I don't want to, cause I don't want to, but the minute I get done with the hike, I feel a thousand times better than I did before it started. I'm like, thank, cause that sets me on the, on the trajectory for having a good day because I got exercise and then I get coffee and I come home and sometimes I lay back down for an hour or something, but I've it's, been wanting to do an exercise in the morning thing, yeah. but then I talk myself out of it. You because, have to force yourself. But I'm like, but then I'm going to get stuck in traffic. So you I'm like, well, then yourself. I'll go at, I'll go at 11, but then by the time 11 comes, I'm back to sleep or it's too late, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like this trail that I hike on, which is at the base of Laurel Canyon. It's a, it's I've, a perfect I've gone place there to get murdered. 630 or so, no, it's a beautiful trail. Fingers crossed. goes behind all the Hollywood Hills houses and ends up at George Clooney's driveway. Yeah, but driveway. I'm going to get stuck in all this traffic trying to get to Hollywood. By the yeah. time I'm done hiking, it's going to be nine. No, you're right. You're right. You know, and so then I go, eh. And then so I've talked myself out of so many things because of those inconveniences. But yeah. then what happens is I ruin my day. Yeah. And I have a really yeah. unsuccessful day. Why don't you just get up, put on some tennis shoes and go for a long walk? Because I'm a lazy. No, you got to start. You got to force yourself. I know. Well, I I actually really do want to start doing my old gym re- regimen, which I used mm-hmm. to do, which I actually really like. And so I came in here with a McDonald's cup. And yeah. shout out to listener Mary, who sent me for my birthday uh, birthday present, including a McDonald's gift card. That's great. Yes. So this is my first usage of my McDonald's That's, gift card. <laughs> I, I went when we did the old show after Loveline. The uh, I went to Del Taco every single night. I love Del Taco. Yeah, me too. And a listener sent me a $50 gift card. Nice. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, but I, because my Saturday, my Sunday and my Monday and my Tuesday have been so awful that tonight before I came over here, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let it be as awful as it actually is. And I'm going to go get McDonald's and yeah. I'm just going to dri- drive, ride this thing all the yeah. way home. And then tomorrow Bingo. I'm going to wake up and I want to, and I really do think the new thing that I need to do is work out in the morning because my brain is shut off from the time I wake up until, so I came down here at, at nine, it was off until about eight forty-five, and then it perks up, but it takes me all day to get revving. And then by the time I get revving, it's time to go to bed. I was telling my and therapist. And I think working out will help. She goes, how is this so difficult when you were working on someone else's movie, you can do it? And I go, because I have to be there. I go, I don't have a choice. If call time is six in the morning, I have to get up at 4.30 and take a shower and drive there. And I'm scared shitless to be late and fuck it up. Yeah. And and, and it's a very satisfying experience, even if it's boring. If Even if as the set photographer, I'm just sitting around for eight of the 15 hours, which I am, or more than that probably. But it's such a satisfying Absolutely. But, but I don't know. I, I don't know how to do it, but you have to do it. Yeah. It's going to change your life. Well, it's cra- It's hard because it's or not hard, but I don't want to work for anyone. I don't ever want to work in an environment where I have like a boss. That's, that's our problem too. But because, I, do, I can't work alone. No, but the, the truth of the matter is collaborations are always better. I know. And I, I, and I still don't know that because I've had many people, including my friend from Netflix, that said, you cannot do this all yourself. If you're going to interview somebody, you need to bring a camera person with you. Then you don't have to deal with it. Instead of me stressing out, and, and believe, I fucked up I fucked up every interview somehow. Well, I was going to say, with all this money they're giving you, you should be it's able to all hire... It's money. I don't know. They're giving you some money, so you yeah. should be able to maybe hire someone to like work, work aside, you know... Maybe someone that is more motivated to yeah. just keep you on track. Who could I know be I should, like but, a I, but it's a control thing for me. Yeah, I want to have control, but clearly I cannot handle the control because 
the first two interviews I did, I was so stressed out about setting up the cameras, I forgot to turn one of the mics on, and mm-hmm. then I forgot to focus one of the cameras on like the third interview. I know how stressful that must be because normally I'm setting up my podcast b- set up before we tape, and I get sweaty yep. and anxious, yep. and then yep. I have to check this on the recording Zoom thing. And yeah. So I can't imagine if you're doing a filmed recording and you're setting that all up and running the whole thing it's it's too it's it's outside of my capabilities like i i want to be in control of it but i'm not the best cameraman i'm not you know yeah you have to let go of some of the yeah and i'm slowly learning that it's i think that would be really helpful for you in terms of accountability and and just someone who's there to do things that you're not the strongest at you know you might need the equivalent to like a sponsor because like if somebody if somebody called you in the morning and yeah. said, let's go hiking right now or let's go to the gym and kind of not forced you, but once you get in that routine and you're going to notice, oh, my days are better. I know. But the thing is, when I think about that, I want to gouge their eyes out. <laughs> I would want to. I tweeted the other day, if I had an angel singing as my alarm clock, I would still throw that angel against the wall. Yeah. I what get, time do you go to bed at night? And not even that late, like between 11 and and one, but usually probably around like the midnight time. Okay. And, and you sleep till? I can sleep until, actually lately I've been waking up earlier because for some reason I think my, it's weird because I think my brain wants to wake up. So I've been waking up on my own at like 830, which yeah. is very strange. That's not bad. But then I force myself to go back to sleep because I don't want to face the day. Yeah, I know. So today I had to wake up early because I had to do some writing stuff that was due because I've been writing for a Corolla. Okay, like, good. And so that's been good, but they needed stuff this morning. And so I woke up at 8, wrote till about 11, went back to sleep. I had no need to go back to sleep. I was not tired, but I did. I had yeah. good dreams, and I wanted to be back to that place because yeah. I didn't want to face reality. And so I put on, and what I've been doing, you know things are going really poorly when like you're choosing to put on spa music. <laughs> It, you know, as your music, but I, I don't just, even know what that is. Like, like running, like, like it'll be like Native American oh, sounds yeah. and like, oh, wind, okay, like okay. wind pipes and yeah. wind chimes and streams all at the same time. Um, but I, I, cause I had, I could not go back to sleep naturally because I didn't need to. So I put on this like very mm-hmm. s- sedative type of music to just make me fall back asleep so I didn't have to face the day for a few hours. So I yeah. slept from about 11 until two for no reason. Yeah. Just because I didn't want to be existing. And then I have to re- wake up at two o'clock and restart the process of the slow momentum to become awake. It's weird when you when you finally can relate to when people say I couldn't get out of bed. You're like, what the fuck does that mean? And then as an adult, I find myself like if I come home from something and I'm kind of shaken up or whatever it is, um, my go to is right to bed. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's I don't sleep. Place. I just lay down. And it, realistically, it's 20 minutes. If I do fall asleep, it's like 45 minutes to an hour, but it's a weird thing that I just want to I'm surprised get... you don't sleep more. You know, that's not more of a thing for you. I, I don't really sleep that much. Yeah. Well, no, I guess I'm not surprised because your brain does tick a lot. I just know that like for me, I can shut it off. If I, if I want to shut my brain off, I can and I can just sleep pretty away. Good. That's pretty good. Yeah. But then it's also detrimental because I just... Some, well, someday you're going to wake up and you're 72 and you're like, what happened? Well, I know. I mean, I just... Not that I'm old at when all. When was your birthday, by the way? Uh, The 18th of April. So I just turned 35. Mine was the 23rd. It was? Yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. I didn't you. know you were in April. Same to you. April baby. So what are you? A Pisces? Taurus. Taurus. Okay. It, it perfectly summed up my relationship with my mom, except for leave out the hostility and the violence. And the complete and total narcissist. No, no, it is totally What, me not, not knowing your birthday? She called me and I said, hello. She goes, you know, you really should call me on your birthday. 
Oh my God, that's been my it thing. It was a hard delivery. Oh my God, and I, she wasn't kidding, and she, that's all she said. That I know she uh, wasn't right. being funny. Yeah, and I know how terrible of a relationship you guys have had. But I'm going to make a joke anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It's not really a joke. But I've always said to my mom, you should be the one getting the birthday wishes on someone's birth. You know, if you're the mother, you should get the birthday wishes. You're Mm -hmm. the one who did the hard work. It's not my, it's not my, it's not like I chose this day to be alive. I'm not special because of it. But I've always said that I should, I, and I I think maybe once or twice. It was usually when I was drinking, but I very seriously got into people's faces, mostly girls and been like, this is insane that you're so gung-ho about your birthday because you had nothing why to do with so it. Why are so proud? Yeah. I know. You had nothing. You literally, literally nothing had nothing to do, to do with it. To do with it. Yeah. That's why I get mad yeah. at like... In fact, your parents were probably drunk. They probably didn't want you. It was probably an accident <laughs> and, and they kept the commitment and they're probably stuck together because of you mm-hmm. and this is not something you get a week to celebrate and act like you're some fucking hero because it's your birthday. Big fucking whoop-de-doo. My good friend and it's surprising that we're really good friends but my best friend she in college were still very we're like best friends still. She would celebrate her birthday month. Yeah. Month. Yeah. yeah. I can't yeah. believe I even spoke two words to this yeah. bitch. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. I, I'm uncomfortable for six hours when it's like the the time where it's really the pinnacle of your birthday. But um anyway, okay. I don't know these episodes with you. They're great. But I just Thank woo, you. I feel like, like all I, over I feel so dull, place. but I, I'm trying to stay calm and not be like not flip out. No, you're we'll flip okay. What are the questions we're going to deal with? <laughs> we're going to get into the segments. Okay. And pretty soon, you guys, I'm going to have music for the segments for each segment, so it's going to be very official. Um, oh, like you're doing like a theme or something? Yeah, like do 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 something like that to I'll make give it... you a song for the segment if you want. Really? Well, I have if three segments. That's a problem, but they're all very short. So it's like, do I use the same song every oh. time? Do I? I was trying to find a. I was thinking of a song that I wrote about that was sort of about depression. No, no. Well, send it to me. I need songs. I don't know where I'm getting these songs, but I'm just saying I'm going to be soon you know, adding. Uh, and I'm going to change up my segments because I've been doing the same segments for a long time. So I'm writing, trying to come up with new fun segments because I think they might be getting a little old. But I'll give you a song just for your mental health. No, no other reason. Okay. Thank you. I'll take And that is the douchiest thing anyone could ever <laughs> fucking really, do really in their douchey. life. <laughs> Here, listen to the song. It'll be fine. Um, okay. So who's sadder? You've done who sadder before, um, because we were talking about social media. Okay, who sadder? Someone on social media who wants a million followers but doesn't have them, or someone who has a million followers, or something like a million, you know, like a hundred thousand or something big. Okay, the person who has a million followers might have them because uh, for legit reasons. So the person who wants a million followers is sadder. But what if they really? They have them for like a quote unquote legitimate reason, but say for example, like they were a Vine star or like someone who is trying to do. Okay, as much as I don't think that's a thing, a good thing, <laughs> someone does. So it has value to somebody. So they're not. No, but the reason I say Vine star is because Vine is over. Yeah, it doesn't exist. So yeah. I had Rye Dune on the show, and this is not a reference to him, but he's a he's a comedian, but he was a big Vine guy. Mm-hmm. He got like millions of followers like right out the get-go with vine and then vine stopped and he did the show and he seems profoundly sad Mm -hmm. but he has a lot of followers but he's like at the standstill yeah he's like of course you're gonna be profoundly sad when you get handed you, you, you 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 hit the lottery so to speak on on this platform 
and then it goes away. So who's sadder, him? Because it's like there and now it's gone. Okay, and, but he has, still has those followers. Or the but person like, who longs for a million followers yeah. and doesn't have any doesn't have any meat to back it up. Yeah. Oh man. Well, legit. Uh, uh, okay, literally sadder. I think it's a tough one. But literally sadder. Yeah. The guy who had a million followers and then it's gone is literally sadder. The other person is a sadder human being because they're longing for attention for a, a reason that's not valid because they right. haven't done anything to, to warrant that. That's more of like the long game. They're like sad in the long game. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. The long social media game. There is no long yes. game. Someday But I mean the lifelong someday game. Facebook will be gone and Thank we will God. just we will just look at it as, oh, that came and went like everything else came and went. Well, There'll be something else. I always think it's how it's so creepy to think in fifty years or seventy five years or thirty years when a lot of us are dead mm-hmm. and it's just a gajillion profiles of dead people mm-hmm. sitting yes. in the universe. Oh my God, you're right. Yes. How creepy. Like when the yes. next generation comes yeah. around and it's basically all of our headstones or yeah. these Instagram pages. Y- you know what, what are I, they going to do with those? Nothing because it, it doesn't They're gonna exist. Sit there. It's cyber. It doesn't matter. It's right. not taking up space. It's just numbers. Exactly. So imagine in like 200 years, the amount of these like pro- dead profiles. Yeah. Just yeah. out there because they don't shut them down. No. I mean, the, with Facebook, you can turn them into like the um, like a, a memoriam account or something like that. Like the family now has power or something like that. You can get you know it shifted. But I, I mean, it's still I think there. You just, you just struck on what is one of the most disparaging parts of the Internet to me. And I don't think our brains can handle that much information. And there's no re- it's just like when the iPod came out, I jumped on it immediately and I bought, you know, and it's like 500 songs in your pocket. And then it was 2,500 songs. And I'm like, I need 10,000 songs mm-hmm. in my pocket. And then I realized I don't need 10,000 songs in life, mm-hmm. like for my entire life. Right. I can't consume it with any enjoyment or any actual listening to 10,000 songs. I mean, with all the driving you do, no, but you might be able to. But it wears me out. It, it wears me out yeah. much more than talking does. Music, Cause I'm, yeah, because I'm listening to it. I'm you, focused and I'm paying attention. It's I, it's like a book's on tape. If if I'm if they're just going in one or out the other, but if I'm actually listening to something, it would be like me sitting in the third row watching Les Misérables the whole time. Like I'm focused. Yeah, and it's wow, exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. Well, I haven't been listening to a lot of music lately because I'm so. I feel like so worn down by society and by yeah. pop culture yeah. that I can't put on the radio. I can't put on the news in the car. I can't put on anything that. Well, plus I'm afraid me. to be cheered up. <laughs> yeah, I'm I want to like, stay in you. my state. Yeah, right. Yeah. But what Don't I try to lift me out of this, George Clinton. <laughs> well, well, on the way over here, I was listening to, um, uh, like. 1920s jazz Mm -hmm. because that's all my brain can handle because i've had i'm too we're too inundated with pop culture the current culture of all the current hits and like pop like the sound of the radio djs their voices it's like no i hate you this though going back to the internet thing simplicity like how much how much better would life be if it were simple lovely it would be so much better I, hey, speaking of the time issue, imagine if we lived 100 years ago and there wasn't TV or internet, or if we even didn't have radio, like, what the fuck? Well, what would you and I be doing? Exactly. And that's what's weird is that I curse this, but also I need be it, because that's what I... We'd be the people at the at the country store trying to be funny, and we everyone would just be getting <laughs> kicked out. Well, I, I recently was asking the question, what did a douchebag look like in 1800? There had to be a way to discern, but we, because... 
we're not from that time that we don't know the minute differences like someone at Hardy in our time. What was at Hardy yeah, in 1800? I got to think it was somebody aspiring to make a lot of money but didn't have the wherewithal to do it. There had to be the the local shyster that was kind of like, hey, I, I want to, hey, I want to work for you, buddy. Where, you know, yeah, like, yeah. There had to be that guy. But did we see? But did they see them as that guy? Like, in I don't that, know. Things exploded at, at some point in our lives. Yeah, it exploded yeah. because there are so many different splinter groups of douches now. Right. And it's also the fake popularity people get on the internet, and it's the same thing that both of us have suffered. For, you know, you, t- you look for. You look for approval, yep. and when it doesn't come, it's like depressed. It's you know, it's fake approval on but, a so- it, on something that doesn't but exist. You still want it. But the depression that follows is real, or the immediate slight elation of oh, everyone likes this picture. Yeah. I definitely think the guy who's yearning for the followers is the is the sadder one. Yeah, for the long game, but also yeah. just in the short game too, because it's like they didn't. At least the person who got the followers, they did achieve something. Yeah. They can check that off their bucket list, even though it yeah. might be sad. They're trying to reachieve something. I do think the person what a sad for bucket list that is. It's such a sad more bucket followers, list. <laughs> discount coupons for Marshalls. I the uh, oh god, yeah. This this conversation could never end. About, I know about what's going to come of the internet. What's going to what's going to come from this? It's such a it's such a spiral to the darkest place. Yeah. And I think, you know, like the other, I posted on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, the, the internet is like so dirty, you know, like show me a really dirty toilet and I'll show you something less dirty than the internet or less awful than the yeah. internet. Um, but I have had, you know, had people comment, you know, you can find the good in it. They're still good. Like, look at this video of this like adorable puppy or look at, but My problem, it, the problem is, is I don't know where else to go besides Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. I don't know where else to go. Like, I don't know where, cause I don't want to look at newspapers. I already do that. Right. But I don't want to go. Like when I pull out my phone, I don't want to, Hey, I'm sorry. I did sidetrack this again. I just thought of something. This might not be realistic, but I think what I would like you to tell people that ask for your dating advice, like stay off your phone. Well, yeah, I, I mean, but you have to be on it to meet the people. No, I'm talking about on the every, date. Yeah, no, th- yeah, I, I'm finding that's... myself getting infuriated now. And we, my ex and I had an agreement, no phones out at dinner and stuff. And, and when, she, when one of us did check our phone, we would go, I'm sorry, I'm going to look at my phone for a second. And it was, but I see people yeah. everywhere and I'm like, what is that Sitting relationship? They're both phone. staring at their phone and you want to walk over and go, tell me what you guys are both looking at. I'm going to tell you how fucking dumb you are. I know. How stupid and disinterested in that person you are. There's a like a meme or a quote that that's on the internet going around that's been around for a couple of years now, but it's like, you're like, you're the person I want to lay in bed to and stare at my phone next to mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Acknowledging that we're going to be looking at our phones. But I, think, we're in a I don't think I'm wrong when I say, of course, there's good information. It's this is miraculous See, that I can get an answer to any question on this little right, machine in my hand. What I want to say about that. So when people were saying, oh, but there's good stuff on the Internet, like look at these puppies. It's not the bad stuff that necessarily is always making me sad. It's the amount of stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't yes. compute it. That's and right. it's overwhelming right. to my brain and my brain wants to shut down. Yeah. Like, yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. So it's just this and, and, well, inundation. It's also, it's also the, the fight for, for your, your eyeballs has mm-hmm. become, has invalidated every word. Most amazing thing you'll see all day today. And you're like, no, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Most but how many incredible. times do you click on it though? You click on it. I used to. 
But now I just get angry and I get angry at the person who posted it or reposted it. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Because it, nothing is the most amazing thing I've ever seen on the internet ever. Because I've already seen all the most amazing. I mean, there's nothing that's going to compete. I can't think of an example now. I've already seen stuff that blew me away so much. I don't want to see anything else. Like I'm like, I'm done. Like I don't want to see a video that can that can't live up to this bus missing ten pedestrians when it slides down the street in the <laughs> snow. Know. I'm like, there, that's the max, right? There or something like you know what mm-hmm. I mean? There'll be something insane that happens and someone got it on video and I'm like, everything else doesn't that's get it. to use the word amazing. Right. Like that was no the one pinnacle. else gets to use that word. Right. Okay, well I'm gonna do a uh uh a depression impression. Okay. So you know who the DJ slash producer slash musician guy, and I don't know if I'm going to say his name right, a VC? No, but I can imagine. Okay. Well, he committed suicide recently. Okay. He's only 28 years old. And I'm not really privy into this like music world, but I did know him and I knew him from one song that I love so much. And okay. it's called Addicted to You. And it's a really good song. It's got like a little bit of a dance quality to it, but there's a lot of soul in it, the way the girl sings it. So he produced it. So he okay. produces a lot of music um, that's cool in the young kid circles. And that's the only song I knew, but I loved that song. And so I looked him up like this was like a year ago or so when I found that song and I looked him up because I love that song, but I didn't find another song of his that hit me the way that one did. Yeah. So I didn't go did, beyond did that. He, but... uh, did he um, commit suicide after you looked him up or before? Uh after okay just recently like last week so he committed suicide with broken glass that he used to cut himself and that is just so fucked yeah yeah he was 28 there's got to be some sort of message message in that like there's got to be well i i wonder I, i know people have already done this study and i don't know anything about it but i wonder about the methods you use like which ones are a fuck you which ones were right like the violent ones like this was violent yeah yeah. Like, remember Artie Lang? Yes. Yeah. Stabbed himself in the stomach? Nuts. That is, I still can't really wrap my brain no, around No, I can't either. How do either. you stab yourself in the stomach? And and you are, I don't, I don't know. See, that's what I mean. I wish I had insight to this because that is a suffering that's, that's not just I want to end the pain. Do you think he was on drugs? Because he was on, he had really yeah, bad. Yeah, I think he was right. on drugs. Right, so you, he was high in order to do that. Though, I don't what know. I don't know. I mean, I, I I wouldn't feel comfortable asking him, but I, I mean, someone, somebody has asked him that or somebody know, you know, knows. Yeah. Artie, he's very loved by people. He's, yeah. He's not a bad guy, but he, he's, you know, he's got. I feel like he's got a real soul. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, I really like yeah. him. I read I read his book like Gone Fishing okay. or said something yeah. about fishing. Yeah. And I loved his like I lo- I really like him as a person and he's one of the people that just makes me extra sad that he's that sad that he would do yeah. that. But I do think his is more drug induced rather than like a just a depression induced. Like if he didn't get into drugs, I don't think he would have ever Well, just by looking at himself. him, he, you would s- probably say yes, he's got depression. Oh yeah, I mean he's like unkempt and like way overweight yeah, and yeah. never shaves really you know yeah. just he always looks he always looks like he needs a good shower like a good 45 minute hot one <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> always but i think that's from the drugs yeah. even if he's off drugs i still feel like that's left over from i don't know his current situation if he's still yeah, doing either. them or not he was great on pete holmes show though yes he was they sort of addressed that yeah too. i watched a few i watched about like six episodes of that yeah. i thought it was really good um but uh so i just want to read this like 
quick thing that um, they released on like his family, what his family said okay. about him. Um, they said, our beloved Tim was a seeker, a fragile artistic soul searching for answers to existential questions an overachieving perfectionist who traveled and worked hard at a place that led to extreme stress. Um, when he stopped touring, he wanted to find a balance in life to be happy and to be able to do what he loved most music. Um, so before I saw this little article I read, and this is before I had heard that it was suicide. Um, he was very overwhelmed by the fame. So he has, you know, millions of, of mm -hmm. followers. And I think he was someone who couldn't handle it. Yeah. He didn't want it. So he would have been the who sadder in the question yeah. you know because like he had those followers and just didn't it's, want um, them it's uh wanting it is uh unhealthy right and he didn't want it so yeah which is nice that he didn't want it but you got all he it, couldn't handle it it's such a it. it's such a weird thing because people who really crave it are missing something and and i think i don't definitely i don't think i crave it but i'm i want love yeah well when i go home and visit like my family who's no you know they have Facebook pages, but they're not social media people. Mm -hmm. It feels so normal. Yeah, yeah. It feels yeah. so right and normal. Yeah. And Correct. they're not obsessed. And it feels such like I feel this sense of relief. Yes. Because I'm like back into sanity. Yeah. It's, it's, I've had this discussion with Dr. Drew over and over and over and over. And he's like, you need one on one contact, not one on one, but you need group contact. So it's a key element to, to yeah. living a content yeah. life. And he goes, kids, and he expressed concern, and I'm not going to get too much into it because it was, it was kind of a private conversation, but he expressed concern over his kids where he's like, I want my sons to go out and meet girls and stuff. Yeah. And he goes, but they're just like, I can just meet them online. Yeah. And he's like, it's, so it's not unhealthy. the same. It feels, you. it just, you feel the difference Yeah, when you're not online. Yeah. And it's just like, I think maybe, I mean, right now we're going through such a weird time in society, Yeah, politically, socially, like everything. Yeah. And so I do feel like everything is coming to a head. I feel like a lot of it is at a head. But in terms of social media and the internet, I do think that's going to come to a head at some point. Do you and feel, it's going to explode. Yes. And, and you know you know what, what's just recently come to light in my head because I'm dumb and I'm not perceptive? <laughs> no, but You are it, so perceptive. It, this ties into Westworld. Have you been watching Westworld? I've only seen like two episodes of it. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of I obsessed it, with but, that show. Yeah. Um, so the gist of it, sorry, spoiler alert, but <laughs> I, this ties in. I mean, it's kind of old at this point. People know. So the entire first season, you know, they're robots, but they're, are they human or are they robots? Because they're organic. And then and, they adapt and get feelings, right? Yes. And they have memories. And now this season, they addressed in last night's episode, the multi-billionaire who financed it gets sold by the guy who ends up taking it over. You know, the guy's like, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to invest in a fantasy. He goes, I live in reality. And he goes, well, if you don't see the reality in getting all this personal information from people. And it was like the Facebook thing. And it was kind of mm. chilling. He goes, cause they're, cause it turns out they're getting DNA from the guests. And he goes, this is a place where they can be who they really are. They live out their fantasies. This is the only place in the world where you get to see who they are. And if you don't see the value in getting that information and the guy's like eyes lit up and he goes, okay. And it was chilling. Ooh, and I went, creepy. we are giving all of our information to the internet and it has to explode. It has to explode. They can manipulate and control us. And I mean, they, I'm not a conspiracy guy, but I mean, somebody is collecting invaluable, not invaluable, but insanely the most valuable information that's ever been all of our likes, our dislikes, what we look at on the internet. It's all being kept track of. And that's personal. 
Yeah. And that, there is no more And normally personal. I'm not the type, like, I don't care. You can have my information. What are you going to do with it? But because now it's become such a massive thing that it feels evil for, now. For, for 10 years, I went, I don't care if they have my personal information. I don't do anything. Right. And then I realized... Now I, I'm nonstop being marketed to. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's cr- specific and, and I don't like being played like that and I am gullible and I will be played like that because if you look at any of my internet pages, every single ad is geared straight towards me and I go, yeah, I, I do know. need that. I know. You're right. I know. Well, I know, believe me, I, I know it's happening for sure and there's memes and stuff saying I hadn't even said something. I was just thinking it and it appeared in my. Yeah. And also, also to keep it, who's more appealing? Like, I'll just pick rock stars. The guy who's elusive, who you don't know anything about, or the guy who's always out the there. The elusive guy. Absolutely. And that's what I tell people dating. No, you know, it's, <laughs> it's good but, to be elusive. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, 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 it, there's a mystery to it and there's an intrigue and stuff. But the guy who's on every single talk show, you're like, yeah. okay, I get it. He's yeah, a human. Enough. Now, what's with Prince? He's a mystery. Like, he barely does. Or you know, that well, was a bad example. Dead. I know. But, <laughs> but you know, I'm saying he was one of those guys right. that didn't wasn't on The Tonight Show every three months and wasn't constantly just spilling the beans on the internet and talking about, oh. And yeah. And so those people, all of a sudden, they come out and they do something big. And it's like, whoa, it's way more meaningful yes. if you're in the shadows yeah. doing your thing privately. And then all of a sudden, yeah. boom. And it's like, whoa, where I don't did they know come from? He might be all over the internet. I don't know. But it seems to me George Clooney is keeping... Oh, I never see him. But he's keeping his mystery, not mystery, but he's keeping the allure alive by not just exposing, I'm just a dude like you. Right. Like, it's so weird. Like, I'll see, like, Russell Crowe has an Instagram page. Like, how like how random. And also, like, <laughs> I, you know, I don't even I could care less about Russell Crowe. But for some I know, reason, but... I followed him and then I unfollowed him recently. Just so I'm like, this is so stupid. But like someone like him, it's like, Russell, you don't need to be on Instagram. No, you're successful. No, you're Russell Crowe. You're Russell yeah. Crowe. Keep yeah. acting. Keep yeah. throwing phones. Yes. Stay elusive. Yeah. Because now to me in my brain, he's a dude on Instagram. You know, Correct. like he went down so many notches. Look, just I, I'm sorry to even use this word. It kind of grosses me out. But look at movie stars. So much more appealing when they were mi- these mystery people in of the course. 40s and 50s. It was like, oh, my God. Yeah. That's so That's whoever, you know. And yeah. now it's just like, oh, I know everything about that guy. I know, I know who he's dating. I know where he right. eats. I know all this shit. What he sleeps in, what yeah, he yeah. eats for breakfast. It's yeah. like, ugh. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about with just too much information and it makes my brain so sad. Yeah. It's too much. It's, it's too, much, too much. It's too much shit. And so my, I have an intern, Jesse, who today commented because I had put out my little mini breakdown rant saying like, I, you know, this is, I don't know how you guys do this every day. Um, and he said, take a break. And it's not easy to take a break when you're doing stuff like this, like podcasts and needing to be. Yeah out there and i have this but you can you can put stuff out there and not consume it i can but i don't know how like that's where the self-discipline comes in and i kind of thought i was like maybe i should ask like one of my interns to post the stuff for me and i just send them the posts and i don't see what likes are coming in oh yeah no but i mean just like my like i'll send it send them the tweet okay you know this just like i know it and neither one of us can keep away but if you start looking at comments you are fucked oh what's I got a text at the midnight worst. like four years ago that, oh, one of your videos is on the front page of Reddit. And I went, what's Reddit? Oh, no. And he oh, goes, no. you'll see tomorrow. Oh, dear God. And it went from where it had been for two or three years at like 3,500 views. It was staying right there. 
and all of a sudden, 12,000 views. Two mm-hmm. hours later, 40,000 views, 66,000 views, 110,000 views. And he's like, it was Tyler from After Disaster. And he goes, don't look at the comments. And oh I went, God. why? And he goes, oh, no. just don't look at the comments. And he goes, there's just... good ones, but don't look at them. Yeah. The first 40 were horrible. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, God, I got to delete this right now. Uh, oh, God. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And it was not a good thing. It was not pleasant. No. And I can't, like, can you imagine doing those things in real life? I wrote the sketch, like, several years ago that I never shot. And then I actually saw someone do something similar, which it it was more of a serious tone. Mine was supposed to be, like, funny. But it was YouTube comments in real life. So you just yeah. like doing yeah. whatever and someone yeah. just walks up to you and they're like, you stupid fuck, fucking fag. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. could you imagine yeah. doing that? Yeah. But that's no. what it, that, and I feel like that, something like that needs to be shown to kids in school or mm-hmm. something. Like, this is not normal. Somebody this made is a not document. how you speak to human it's, beings. It, it's people that are super angry and they're venting the only way they know how and it's sad. And, and somebody did a documentary about that where they went and confronted people. And it Con- wasn't the best thing ever, but they confronted like commenters. Yeah. yeah. So how did they find it? Did they have to do like a, Oh my God, it wasn't commenters. It was that original catfish movie. Oh, catfish. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that kind of kicked off a lot of yeah. what we know now, but the guy was just going to show up and confront yeah. and it just blew up. Yeah. But then I found out it was more of a setup later. I'm kind of was a sucker. It fake? Was that fake? Pa- you think? They 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 knew what they were doing. Like ne- Neve follows me on Twitter. Speaking yeah. of like all these evils, and it's so random. So the guy from that he follows me on Twitter, and um, I have no idea why, but I've always wanted to DM him because I can DM him because he yeah. follows me and ask him question and ask him. But I could also just Google it. But I've always wanted to be like. So tell me, tell me, boy, was it fake or was it not? I need to know. We need to know the facts. He's like, who is this? Yeah. My assistant does this. Yeah. Um, Well, Uh, that is, that was, that was an original source (laughs) of sadness when somebody would follow me that was a celebrity. I'm like, oh my God. And then I'd look, you know, um, 600,000 followers following 590,000. I know. know. You motherfucker. I know. I know. Uh, I have a couple of legit ones, legit ones that don't fall out of don't follow a lot of people like um what's her name follows me um which Bill is so Cosby. <laughs> yeah i wonder why he follows me <laughs> um whatever it doesn't matter so introducing one new segment tonight okay not super exciting i might want to change the title because it's not a great exciting title but it's okay. just at the movies because that's where i go when i'm really depressed yeah and it makes me feel better yeah so does this- it matter what you see it does not matter what yeah, I see. Crazy, right? Nope. I can For just... me, it's popcorn. I just want popcorn and a regular Coke. And that's why you went to I don't Disney. give a shit what's on. Even though I walked out of Red Sparrow. What was Red Sparrow? Uh, Jennifer Lawrence plays like a uh, Russian ballet dancer that breaks her. I'm so over her. She's so arrogant. I think she's great, but this movie was terrible. I she's thought it was too, terrible. She's too aware of how great she is, and so she lost me. She needs some humility. Okay, th- that being said, I think she is great based on American Hustle. Yeah, she, she was... She was phenomenal, and at the She's time a good she was twenty three, and she she completely sold that character as oh, the she New was Jersey good. housewife, absolutely. And I was like, wow, because yeah. I remember seeing it with Tara, and she's like, she's my age, and I was like, what the fuck? I know. And then Tara probably felt like shit about herself. Yeah, of course, of course she did. Of course, yeah, I do think Jennifer Lawrence is a great actress. Yeah. I just personally, I think she's just thinks she's so great and funny in real life. So anyway, but no, it doesn't matter what I see. But I wanted to talk about this movie uh, because it pertains to social media. Okay. It was really good, and I was surprised how good it was. Have you seen seen it? It's called Ingrid Goes West. 
It was at no, Sundance. No, I haven't seen it, but I know the story where she comes out here to stalk her internet celebrity. Yeah, so Elizabeth Olsen plays okay. this Instagram chick who just has like the best life and 100,000 followers or whatever, and she's just posting her wellness some, I have daily. I Olsen twin dolls in the other room if you want them. <laughs> of course you do. Oh, my God. so amazing. I really do. I really want to see them before I go. Um, also, you should sell those for money they're, and they're, don't undermine they're they're the worth of those. Um but, uh, so she, so she comes out here. So, uh, what's your name playing, uh, playing Ingrid, um, evil hag. What's her name? What's I, her I know, name? I know who it is. And I saw the previous many, many times. Yeah. It starts with an A, her name. Um, Audrey, Audrey, uh, Audrey, Aubrey, Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Um, so she starts out in a mental hospital essentially because she had lost her mind from another girl she was obsessed with on Instagram. So that's how the story opens, but you, they leave it vague. So you don't know if she lost her mind on her friend because her friend deserved it or because Aubrey is, or Ingrid was crazy. Okay. So turns out she's crazy. Um, but the way they open up that movie was so relatable to so many people who are having this problem with social media because she's depressed. She's in her very dreary apartment. Her mom had just died and she's just scrolling endlessly through Instagram and blindly liking every post, just like double tap, next one, double tap, next one, double tap. And then she sees what, how much better everything's looking, how much better everything's looking. And then she looks around at her space and compares it to the picture of the person who had just. I gotta it. see it now. I'm gonna look and see if it's on. It was so right on with the actual experience yeah, that yeah. you go through because you look around in your your environment and you're in your your apartment yeah. with your shoes on the floor and a yeah. shitty salad, and she looks at her shitty salad and then sees the salad that someone posted a picture of, and you can just see the desire to be have all of those things. Yeah. Consuming her and so when, then when she somebody comes to LA, posts one of those braggadocious things like. Second row, Bruce Springsteen, they're taking pictures. I, that's when I want to go, fuck you. Yep. Fuck you. Cause all you're doing is going, look at me. Look at me, look at me. And when, when the reality should be, I'm here enjoying this and keep it to myself and keep my fucking phone in my pocket. I know. And the thing is, I say I note all these things, but I'm, I do these douchey things sometimes. Well, we all and want, I try we not want to, to be loved. We all want, right. like, we want to get likes and we want people to go like, oh, cool. And we want people to think you must be cool because you got tickets for that or you got this but it's it's overall the problem is fucking big underneath it huge it's so huge so that's why this movie just hit me so hard because i mean i'm sure it hit so many people it's a fake rolex it was a dude i got into an argument at best buy that was wearing a fake rolex so so like posting those pictures is like having a fake rolex i wanted to go like who are you fooling right Uh, like i know how much you make the minimum and you're working at Best Buy right. and you have a $10,000 watch? Right. Like, who are you fucking fooling? Yeah. But for some reason, people people looking at it, I think everyone isn't, isn't being fooled, but they respond as if they're being fooled. So someone will post that picture at the cool concert mm-hmm. and everyone hits like as if they know that that's their everyday life and they're doing it all the time. Yeah. But people hit like knowing like, this shit's fake, but I'm still going to hit like. I'm, I'm sure well, 90% of people know. How many times? Yes. Yes. People hit like because you think the person's going to know if you liked it or not. And right. It's a, more of a, an yeah. approval thing or something. Yeah. Like, I like your photo. You like mine. Yeah. 
yeah. maybe like a trade off, but also at the same time, like if I hit like, then you'll see me in your feed. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's like, we think we're tricking them because they're hitting like, but I think they know that they're not being tricked. They're hitting like for their own reason. So it's like, nope. This is a tough question since you're a comic, but uh, kind of. how much do you love John Mulaney? Am I supposed to say I like John Mulaney? Have you seen him? Uh, yeah, but I, he's not my favorite. Okay. Why is he like... I just thought he would be... Like up my alley? Yeah. yeah. Well, I saw that he had a special come out today or something like that. I don't know, but... Oh, that's Well, that's weird that you'd say that because I never any, Anything he's done... I, like when when I watch it, I I get I feel like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot why I liked stand up. You know what? I need to rewatch him then because it's been years. I know I know I've seen him, yeah. but I've I'm very bitter, and so okay. when I well, watch comedy, well, I since watch. Since you're it. a professional comic, I was wondering well, like really, if you don't want to. No, really. you are. But I mean, I like when I watch Mulaney, I am reminded because I've seen thousands and thousands of comedy shows. Like thousands, yeah. Like for seven, well, obviously, yeah. My first seven years, years of the improv. but my first seven years of the improv, all I did was stand in the room and watch every single yeah. set for seven years, Ugh. and then <sighs> you know I tuned it out for like another twenty, but it was I was still watching, and I would sit and watch the people I liked, and by and large, there was there's only a handful of people I really want to watch. Yeah, not that everyone's bad. It's just I my time has yeah. become more valuable. I want to watch Bill Burr. I want to watch Jim Jeffries. I want to watch Chris Rock. I want to you know I right. and, but. Mulaney was like, I just went, oh shit. Like it made me feel it like the first your time. Flame. Yeah. It made me feel like the first night at my first night at the improv, wow. which was Jerry Seinfeld and David Spade, where I was like, I can't believe I get to stand here for free and watch this. Right. Like right. I, I, I'm not for free. I'm getting paid. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like I was a doorman and I was right. like, I cannot believe I get to stand in this room and watch this every if night. If it made you feel that much, then I need to recheck out John Mulaney because I like to write him off as like, just another comic that's like cool and hip that I'm not part of. And like, I like to me, I put like Bill Burr and like Jim Jeffries, all those guys kind of like in a different category. Yeah, and absolutely. then I put John Mulaney in like more of a like, Oh no, Burr, Burr, eh, Burr to guy. me is the best stand up right now. Period. Yeah. Hands down. He's my, he's like my, yeah. my dream. And in fact, we saw him on New Year's Eve two years ago, three years ago. And it was a fluke because I didn't want to, I don't want to go watch. I don't want to go out on New Year's Eve. Yeah. And same. some friends, mutual friends of ours, asked us to go out to dinner with them on New Year's Eve. And they were going to see Bill Burr afterwards. Is a pretentious, douchey story. No, it's okay. <laughs> and my girlfriend was like, I'd like to go. And I'm like, are you serious? I don't want to sit and watch comedy. She goes, I think it'll be fun. So I called his manager, which made it douchey. Who, Bill, Bill Burr's? Yeah, he's yeah. my best friend. But, you know, yeah. I go, is there any way we can get in to see Bill Burr tonight? Or I'm down the street. And he goes, you're on the list. No problem. So, you know, my friends have paid $130 are in the upper level okay. and we're in the second row. Where? What? Where? What Some theater? theater downtown. Okay. And she said to me like halfway through, she goes, I've never seen you laugh this hard. I go, I've never paid attention. I've never fucking paid attention. I, I, I'm in the room taking pictures the whole time. I, I let it go. I go this. I'm forced. I'm sitting here and I have to watch and I have to right? listen. And that was the best set I've seen in 20. I mean, it was just. Yeah. Uh, I can imagine. He's I out of any comic. Because I've, you know, I've met a lot of them now. Yeah. I've never met him. I want to meet him so badly. Him and my two favorites, Bill Burr and Sebastian Maniscalco. Mm -hmm. I want to meet the two of them so badly because I feel like I, I feel like they would like me. Okay. Like they, they would get me as a person. 
Maybe not. I mean, they could give a shit I'm about me. I'm friends with Bill Burton. I don't know if he likes me. <laughs> well, I don't mean like like <laughs> me. He's nice to like, me, but I think he's just nice to me because every time I'm with, I, I, I want see him, him. But I want Bill Burr to see that I'm the same. Like I have the same opinions as him. I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like that kind of stuff. Like oh, I, know. Want, I know. I know everyone yeah. wants him, them to see yeah. them like that, but I, I you just really... You just got to go into it with no expectations. Everything in life. Right. Like I want Bill Burr to actually just like randomly walk into me doing stand-up. I think he'd be like... I kind of like her. Yeah. You know, but nothing yeah. more. I don't need anything more than that. Yeah. But I just, I want no, him it's cool. to get That'll be me. cool. There are two people that I want to get me in comedy right now. Mm-hmm. It's Bill Burr and Sebastian. I just okay. want them to see me and go, okay, <laughs> all right, we get her and then move on. I need no, nothing I more than that. I get it. I get it. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been very Thank fun. You. It's an honor. It really is. I enjoy it. I like, I like talking to you and uh, this has been fun. I know. And I agree, but I'm like, Okay, because I was going to try to get you to do my other podcast too, but now it's like, no, this is too long. Okay, we can do it if you want. No, I, I, I'm out of steam. I'm out of steam. Okay, I'm like, I two hours of work for me. <laughs> That's too much. <laughs> That's too too many. All right, well, thank you for having me again. Well, thank you for coming on, and um, you guys, every time you do come on, I mean, it's only the third time, but I always, always, always get lots. I, I get some messages after shows, you know, podcasts, or whatever, but. The two shows you've done so far, I've got those are the most messages I ever get Thanks. saying, Mike, Thank please you. have Mike on more. Please have Mike on more. Thank you for doing the show. Thank you. Um, you're awesome. And I'm so grateful to have you in my sphere of people. Thank you. That means a lot. Um, so check out Mike's podcast. Get the fuck out of my apartment. <laughs> I'm going. I'm tired now. <laughs> two hours of work. I can't. Miscellaneous adventures from the world of Mike Carano. You guys can check that out on iTunes and anywhere you can find podcasts. You got it. Cool. I always feel professional saying that. And anywhere you can find podcasts. Which leaves most people who don't really know any other places. Like, where do I find podcasts? Because even I don't know where else to get podcasts. That's why I say that, because I don't even know. But you can get the show now um, in Google, the Google Play Store. But it's not appearing, so I need to... But that's another... It's like things just just pile up problems. I got it there, and now someone searched for it. They can't find it, and now I have to... So once you do one thing, the work never ends. Not that I did it. My intern did it. But anyway, check out Mike's podcast. He's amazing. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter. All the stuff we were just saying not to do, do it. And Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) The hypocrisy. Make sure you like things. (laughs) The hypocrisy. Uh, And you can follow me on Instagram at Chris Karn. So remember, guys, uh, comment on the show. Rate it. Only if you like it, though. And uh, please support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash mentally chill. And remember... Stay sad enough to listen, but not too sad. See you next time.